on episode 57 of Pixel Gaiden. Do Ataris still exist in the wild? Cody reviews modern games for old systems. Classic franchise game show. Tim gets buried by cassettes. Six good games with multiple types of gameplay. The beer gets lighter for summer. Some birthday gifts are opened. Our video game price is too high. And Eric makes us talk manga. episode of April, which is full of joy and wonder. <laughs> oh, joy! I, uh, I, just, I just hope we're, t- we're, we're, we're making people out there feel better during this COVID nightmare. Like, I just hope that everybody listens to our show and is like, you know what? That makes me feel better. Sure, sure. At this point, we have gotten our second shot. Yes. <laughs> My... Uh, <laughs> We haven't, but at this point we will have. Yes, when, it, when listen, you listeners, when you're listening to this, we will have gotten our second shot. Yes, we will. And I assure you, it was painless and had no issues whatsoever. Go get it. You need. We need to move past this this uh, <laughs> heaping garbage fire. Yes, yes. But onto the good news. Yeah, retro video games are live and well, Eric. <laughs> Maybe uh, maybe a little too alive and well, (laughs) as we're going to get to a Tim's quick question here coming up. I think that's a good call. Well, let's go ahead and do that and dig right into our first quick question. Quick questions. I'll ask Tim's question for him since he's not with us yet in the program. We will talk to him just shortly. Yeah. But Tim asks, with the prices of retro systems seeming to be going up and up, does this affect your passion for increasing the collection and make you satisfied with what you have? Or do you want more, also no matter what price? Yeah. Sorry, there should have been some commas in there or something right, I didn't right, quite right. read. Sorry. But basically, everything's going up in price. Yep. What does that do to our collecting habits personally? Yeah. Do you want me to answer that first? Sure. It sure slows it down a lot. Because <laughs> I remember, you know, when, when I started this 10 years ago, I was buying stuff left and right. I was buying lots of C64s, like a five lot for like 80 bucks. That's crazy. And I remember buying a GameCube lot, three GameCubes I got for, I think it was 20 bucks at Shop Goodwill. I mean, I was buying stuff left and right and going, this is, is, this is, these are such good deals. Yeah. You can't get that anymore. So it, it, it doesn't change my passion for it, but it sure slows it down quite a bit. And when I see something I really want. I don't know if you're facing the same dilemma, but I'm starting to find less and less that I don't have already. So I'm starting to, I, I see gaps in my collection and I keep an eye on it, but there's not as many gaps anymore. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not really hunting as much. Yeah. So for me, my issue is twofold. One is like, yeah, like you said, when things cost more, you're more hesitant to buy into them. Absolutely. Um, just part of my mentality always has been, I want to buy things that are cheaper 
than what I could sell them for immediately. Right. Like, that's how I get a good deal. Where that's hard is, I like, right now, I am very confident if I go out and buy something I don't have, it'll be worth more a year from now. Yeah. So, regardless if it's a good deal now or not, it'll have been a good deal in a year. Right. And that keeps me from buying things, but then a year later, I'm like, man, I should have bought it. <laughs> no, I, I, I fall into the same trappings. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of help me work with this, and part of it for me is I want to collect physical things. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we're both in the same boat now, again, because you, a large part, I don't need 500 NES games because they're all the same darn shell yes. with a different logo on them. That's right. What I want is what I've been doing. I, I have my NES, and I just bought the, the Japanese Famicom because mm-hmm. that's a different piece of hardware. And it has different games, and I want a few games of each. I want like I want m- museum stuff. Like I want to have real hardware on the shelf and i want to have real peripherals and i want to have a few games that are that work well with the system that show what the system how it works and mm-hmm. i can physically do it and then i'll buy a sd card solution so i can play every game on it that's right and that's pretty much what i do is i love collecting the hardware mm-hmm. pieces uh but the software is like i just don't have the physical room for it or now now back in the day i remember going into a retro gaming shop and i spent 50 bucks and i walked home with like 30 cartridges jeez you can't do that anymore because when i first got the genesis which was the first console i got i walked into a place i bought the genesis for i think it was 35 bucks Mm -hmm. and then i bought like a box full of cartridges for for like yeah and it, it you, you you cannot do that anymore. So I, I don't feel so bad not collecting the cartridges anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, for me, if if there's a cartridge that offers a different experience, mm-hmm. I will pay for it. Yeah. So, like, one thing I want, and I haven't done yet, but I will be doing it shortly here. Now that, I, again, I mentioned on the show, I bought the sports car I've been wanting for a long time. Uh, now I don't, I'm not saving up for anything in particular, mm-hmm. uh, especially not of that value. So, like, one thing I want is the Micro Machines Genesis cart. Yes. That has the two extra ports on the top. Yep. So, that's a piece of hardware. That's something I can't emulate. That is that is its own thing. Yeah. I think I have that cartridge out in the garage. Do you really? Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up one of those. Uh, I did a couple of pickups uh, we'll talk about here that, that kind of go in line with what I'm talking about as well. But uh, some of the older software or things like that where i want just a couple examples of inbox physical game yeah the vectrix i love to collect for with the overlays because the overlays are physical you can't emulate i mean i guess you can't emulate that but the actual vectrix system with the overlays has a very unique feel and look and it does um romance about how you put everything in and setting it up yeah so for me prices going up make things harder but they yeah you're right they don't Eliminate the passion. Uh, the other side of the coin for me, though, the issue is if I have something that goes up tremendously in price, way more than I paid for it, assuming it's something that I don't have a lot of value in, I I look at it as, would I rather have this or $150 or whatever it's worth? Mm-hmm. And I can't keep it. Like right. I, I, would turn, I, would, I would like to, if it's a game, a Nintendo game, for, for example... That I found out, for example, I did find one out fairly recently. I bought it for like thirty bucks, and it's now worth like one forty. Yeah. Well, I don't. I'll sell it. Yeah. And I can take that money and buy a system I don't have. Yeah. A whole new experience. That's right. I can still play that game. Yeah, because you can still have the overdrive. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's kind of where I'm at, and uh, and I'm doing a lot of things with new hardware and new 
people that are providing things for the, I'm buying a lot of digital stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but not like online store stuff, but like itch.io people are releasing, releasing new games for old hardware. So I want to support those people and buy those games. Right. Yep. So I don't know if I, we've, if we really accurately answered the question or not. But. I think we did. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I have an interesting, uh, quick question for you which is uh is it one word yeah it's not well i I didn't want to give away the game here so uh, what so this isn't video game related i guess maybe uh, a little bit because i mean there are games based on manga but so my daughter has been really into manga lately so with her and her circle of friends so she asks me when i go to when i'm driving for clients she asks me sometimes stop at the bookstore and pick her up the new copy of a graphic novel because you know okay. like the series one that you read backwards like one is a called attack on titan she loves that and so i've bought her like one through four and she so when she's ready for five i go and i buy that and i think it's cool I, anytime my kids are passionate about anything whether it's video games or books or whatever i i try to f- feed them like i i'm like okay uh, you know i'm gonna support this and get you into this and because i just love to see the passion in people whatever cool. it is like yeah. record collecting or whatever it is so anyway, I go into, I'm weird, I'm an like adult male, and I walk in, and I'm buying manga, and then <laughs> like I take the pink it to the- pink and purple copies. Exactly, and I take it to the counter, and I'm buying it, and they're giving me the side eye of, like, why am I buying all these weird manga things? But it's cool. I, I, it, it is interesting. But I went in, and I was reading some of the titles around one of the ones my daughter was buying, and yeah. the titles are bizarre. So here, here, here here's, here's my quick question to you. It's based on something we've done on the show before about video games. I'm going to list five <laughs> manga titles. Is this a game show before the game show? It is. This is a mini question. <laughs> Love it. We're going to have to turn that down or off because oh, I'm not right. going to scream and lose my voice again. <laughs> All um, right. So this is um, a little mini game show before the game show. I'm going to list five manga titles. One is fake, but the other ones are real. And I, th- I just thought these were hilarious. So. Okay, okay. And these all start with the word my. Okay. M-Y, okay? So you ready? I'm ready. So I want you to pick the fake one. Pick the fake manga title. Yep, here we go. <laughs> and for people that don't know, manga is like a Japanese graphic novel that or, or comic that is... Uh, it, it basically, you know, reads the opposite of what we read. It's, it's right to left. Right and, to left. Usually yep. uh, brightly colored... Uh, it's actually mo- Past- like lot- pastels, right? most of them are black and white. Oh, inside, inside, inside. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, I yeah. Gotcha. But the covers are, yeah, exactly. I gotcha. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> My next life as a villainous. All routes lead to doom. Okay. So these are the titles. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna call that number one. Okay. My city has tentacles and they're long. Okay. My senpai is annoying. My status as an assassin obviously exceeds the heroes. All right, one and four are real, so I need to figure out what which one of the middle two are are wrong. Okay, hold on. There's one more. Okay, my youth romantic comedy is wrong as I expected. Do you want me to read them again? I want you to read two, three, and five again. Okay, so number two was my city has tentacles and they're long. Okay. Exclamation point. And which one? Two, three, and five? Yep. Three. My senpai is annoying. Okay. And five, right? Yes. My youth romantic comedy is wrong, as I expected. Man, you did a pretty good job with whatever your fake was. <laughs> I'm gonna say your I'm gonna say your 
fake is number three. My senpai is annoying? Yes. That is a real one. That is a real one. Okay. The fake one was, my city has tentacles. Oh, and that they're was long. the other one. Oh, man. <laughs> that, one, that one was just weird enough to put it uh, slightly out my radar. I knew one and four were real. <laughs> they were just specific enough. Anyway, I just want to throw that as That's quick. That's Because I'm sitting there looking at these tiles going, I got to make a game show out of this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and it can't wait till next month. No, it cannot wait. <laughs> well, it's funny. So my daughter is... It's funny she won't admit it to any of her friends, but she like wants to... She likes anime. Yeah. I'm like, there's no, nothing wrong with that. Why can't you admit it? She's like, it's just embarrassing. It's my thing. There's some my, great anime. It's my secret anime. thing. I'm there's, like, whatever. There's great anime out there. Um. So anyways, I thought she'd be in the manga. So I went to a used bookstore and saw mm-hmm. a ton of it there. Yeah. And I'm like... I'm trying to find the ones that look cute, and I pull them out and open them. I'm like, that's not appropriate for her. <laughs> Let's try this one. Nope. So I don't know how you find ones that are appropriate oh, for a nine-year-old. Has a, so she, has a, she has a lot of ones that are appropriate. She's she, And they're they're funny. Like, she, one of her favorite ones is based on volleyball, like school volleyball. Okay. And and it's just a yeah. thing on school volleyball, and it's it's wholesome and everything. It's fine. Uh, Attack on Titan's not a bad one, and that's a very popular one, too. Uh, she's just, she's into a lot of them, and her circle of friends is into them, so it's not an embarrassment. Like she really enjoys it. Yeah, I think I think my daughter's friends would like it too, but whatever. I, I just need to do a little research, but I, I would. I'm same thing. I kind of want to go to used bookstore and find a few and yeah. see which one she connects with, and maybe kind of buy into that series or whatever. Yep. Cool. Cool. Uh, that wasn't really a retro video game, but hey, nope. I mean, I, de- I decided to throw a curveball. I would say forty uh, percent of the video games that come out now are manga based or anime based, at least. So there, it's there kind is of fun. So I, that did make me thirsty, though. So we got to do something about that. Yeah, right? it's, uh, we got some frosty cold glasses here. Yeah. These are the ones that our boy Doug, yeah, ten minute Amiga Retrocast, uh, sent us. If you guys ready for this one, I'm ready for that one. I, one I bought here. If you guys have not listened to Doug, uh, he talks about everything Amiga. Did, digs really deep into the hardware and software and formats and all kinds of stuff deeper than I can personally follow yeah. in some cases, but then he also branches off and he'll touch on the Commodore and uh, recently played a, so a, a, a soundbite that we use on our show here, <laughs> uh, our Battle of the Systems. So Yeah, but have you watched the uh, Atari uh, 7800 one he did where I, I guest starred on that? I have not seen that one yet. No, I guess started on a on a. Uh, I recorded a segment and gave it to him, and he played it on his show. But he does show a great picture of you and me, like at the at the Amiga. Uh, I don't think there was a great picture from that convention. Well, it was a picture then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. All so right. anyway, I'm pouring this. Um, you want to explain this one? I. It's weird because I just smelt it, and it's not anything what I thought. Because um, I'm reading it, it's exactly what I thought. Okay, this is a, a beer from High Water Brewing, which it, uh, funny it doesn't even say on the back here, but it's in Lodi. That's right. Um, we no, have, no, no, no. It says uh, why does it say San Jose on the bottom? San Jose. This isn't Lodi, but we've had High Water beer on the show before. What's the one in Lodi? It says something water. I have to look it up. Yeah. Um, but it is called Break Apart, and I got it because it is an orange cream ale. Yes. Of which we have had something very simil- similar called California Creamin. Yeah, which was a hit. Yeah. Um, Unique hit. An ale brew with cacao nib and orange peel. Now, this one smells, off the at least off the nose, less like a cream soda and more like, like, like um, bitter cocoa and z- like 
zesty orange peel. Like the, the, they seem like much more intense flavors from the smell to me. Okay, and I, I'm smelling the orange. Well, let's orange cheers. Yeah, cheers. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. You go ahead first. In our so heavy weighted glasses. When I'm looking at it, you can't really see through it. It's got a hazy kind of golden color to it. It's got a nice, nice head on it. You go ahead and take your sip, okay. Eric. <laughs> hmm. Well. Oh, well, after sipping it, I definitely taste the cocoa nibs, uh, which I didn't smell. I didn't really smell those up front. No? Okay. But I taste them. Definitely taste them. It it is it's a it is a it, it's I gotta tell you, there there <laughs> I can't stop going. There's truth in advertising here. Okay. There's a picture of a half orange uh-huh, uh-huh. with like little chocolate um, sectionals along like around it. Yeah. Have you, you have you had one of those? Uh, yeah, yeah, those yeah. Oranges you whack and unwrap, or whatever yep. they're called. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It and it tastes like that to me. It, there's cocoa nibs in the flavor, but it's got a very citrusy. A citrusy flavor to it too. Let me try another sip here before okay. I say too much. Um, I, I, I really think it's exactly as pictured. I'm getting that full flavor now. There is some verbiage on here. Let's read that. Break apart orange cream ale is a delightful tribute to the eponymous confectionery treat. Yeah, the break apart chocolate orange. We feature four varieties of sun kissed orange peel, cocoa nibs from Ghana, and hints of vanilla, creating a flavor memory in your mouth. Oh, Oh my goodness. (laughs) Tap into our bright, delicious, and refreshing orange cream ale. And I got to say, it tastes to me exactly like that. Okay. I'm going to say... What do you think? I'm going to say it tastes exactly like that, but with an overtone of battery acid. (laughs) Really? I'm not getting the battery acid. Let me try it again. You know... I shouldn't say battery acid, um, first of all, because to be a, a true nerd, I have to say batteries don't have acid. They actually make alkaline, right? which is the opposite of acid. Anyways, um, it you know when you test a 9-volt battery by touching it to your tongue? Yes, I That's do. what I'm getting. <laughs> that. I did that so much as a kid, I think it damaged me. <laughs> oh, I still do it. I don't know any other way to test a 9-volt battery. <laughs> I... I I'm digging it. Okay, I like the I like the weirder flavored beers. I think more than you do, though. Uh, yes, I think that's true. I think y- your wife and I are uh, on the other side of the. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> All right, so because I brought this one, I get to pick the scale. Sure. Yep. Yep. Out of nine volts, <laughs> <laughs> nine volt batteries. <laughs> Out of nine volts, how many volts do you give this? Out of nine volts, okay. Out of nine volts. Nine volts. Remember, there are points between volts. You don't just have to pick an eight or a seven or a six. I I, I actually kind of dig this. I'm I'm gonna give it a solid seven. I'm gonna go with a round number, solid seven. I'm gonna go five. Really? I don't like it. <laughs> you, you don't like it? No. I think it's good. No, I don't like it. All right. All right. Well, it's not so bad. I won't finish it. But you're like regretting the tall boy though, because it is a tall boy. Well, I, pretty much all beers nowadays that I drink are tall boys. It's very few that are not. Okay. It's kind of how everything's going nowadays. Cool beans. Right we got on. our beer out of the way, which means... Um, it's time for the Patreon. Oh, yeah. Let's let let's everyone know how they can get a hold of us, Eric. Yeah, let's do it. So, if you want to find show information, you're going to go to pixelguiden.com. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you can reach me, Eric Nelson, at... Duh Project, D-U-H Project. You can reach the show at at pixel underscore Gaiden. You can reach Cody at at oddball, which is O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim at sanction, 
at S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast catcher that you use. That would be really helpful for us. And if you want to email us, you can email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we do encourage feedback. We also have a Patreon account set up. So if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. And this week, with a little suggestion from our Patreon follower, David Vincent, we're heading to the Royal Ball. Hear ye, hear ye! As the official court herald of the land of Gaidenia, I bid you glad tidings and welcome to the Pixel Gaidenia Ball. Now, without further ado, let's, how do you say, get this party started. Please welcome your Viscount of Gaidenia, the heartbreaking Mr. Toast, and your Marquis, the barbaric Team Grey, all the way. Up next, may I introduce to you your gleaming Duke, Marche Sosnowski, the elastic Earl, Peridroid, and your Duke of Earl, the parched Ramoke Ramoke. Unfortunately, I must interrupt our proceedings to make the following announcement. To the owner of a white chaparral carriage, you are parked in the Duke's employ of the month spot, and your Windsor Grey Horse is being towed. As you all know, it's not actually a party until I introduce to you your Baron, the finicky Ant Stiller, accompanied by the Knights of the Square Pixel, the belligerent Mitsuyama, the mellow Hermski, and the Nero Citizen. Next, may I introduce you to the feral Gary Heather Esquire and his photographer, the motionless Henrik Lolfel. Also from Esquire. I would like now to make a note that there are a lot of dudes here. Gentlemen, next time, please, this is a party. Bring your wives. We do have a special guest tonight. From overseas, may I introduce to you the Laird of Zylog, the raspy Daniel James, who, matter-of-factly, did bring his wife, so at least one of us is getting Laird tonight. <laughs> okay. It is at this time I present to you the court jester for the king's amusement. Please introduce the profuse Dustin Newell. Quite enough of that. The king is clearly not amused. Kill him. Thank you. Harpsichordist. Ah, it would appear that a limo full of homeboys has just arrived. 
May I introduce the lamentable Sir Matthew Ackerman, the frantic Lord Josh Malone, tight-fisted Bishop Eric Sandgren, and our remarkable scribe, David Vincent. I have just been notified that there is a bad batch of brown penicillin making its way through the crowd. I repeat, do not take the brown penicillin. And last but not least, due to these hard times, I would like to mention our medical crew. The natural 10-minute Amiga Retrocast. The quick David Modelak and the uppity Roy Fielding. I do regret to inform you all that the fourth member and newest member of the medical crew, the stormy Brian Arsenault, has been taken by the plague. Now please enjoy the festivities. Hello all and welcome to Cody's Corner here for the month of April. As you guys know, we like to talk about retro video games and retro-inspired video games here on the podcast, so it would come as no surprise to you guys to find out that my favorite thing about the hobby in general is when new software is released for classic systems. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to go ahead and review three games that I have uh, played recently that were released very recently. Um, Two of them were in 2021 and one was in 2020 that are indeed uh, new games inspired by old games, but also released on old hardware. Love it. Absolutely love it. So really quick, the rundown of the three games I'm going to talk about. Trophy on the Nintendo Entertainment System, which was just released. Alex Kidd 3 on the Sega Master System, also just released. And then the game by Sarah Jane Avery, we've talked about this for a long time on the show. I finally got my copy last month, finally got around to playing it, and that, of course, is Soul Force on the Commodore 64. So without further ado... It's time for a review! Alright, so let's go ahead and dig right into Trophy on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now... This was a kickstarted game. Um, I am not privy to when it was actually kickstarted, but it did have apparently 742 backers um, who pledged. Uh, people apparently like to know the exact details here. So a total of forty thousand dollars and uh, and ninety six extra dollars here for the um, for the game, and it was estimated to be delivered on June twenty twenty. And in reality, it came out, I believe, uh, last month here. So, uh, January, February, March. I'm really bad at dates. Um, came out in March. And you can get this, uh, of course, by clicking the link in our show notes. But you can also hop on itch.io, which, which is where I picked it up, I believe. And it was $9.99 for a digital download. Which, of course, I popped onto my uh, EverDrive and played on my real Nintendo uh, Entertainment System. Uh, if you were privy to the Kickstarter, you had the option of buying the actual cartridge, which, to be honest, looks amazing. There was a regular edition and a new edi- or a limited edition. They both came with boxes, and uh, one was ice blue, clear blue cartridge with a beautiful logo uh, or uh, label on it. And then the limited edition was in this like white, opaque, frosted 
cartridge with a completely different looking label on it. Both of them look really cool with Trophy the robot on there. Although I guess he's not purely a robot. We'll get that very shortly. Um, this game is the third game released by Gradual Games. Uh, their first game being Nomalos Storming the Castle in 2009. And their second game was The Legends of Aulia in 2015. Programming and music were done by Derek Andrews, and in-game art was drawn by Laurie Andrews, so it looks like a, uh, a husband and wife team there. Um, and it was published by the 6502 Collective, which of course, uh, the 6502 being the uh, processor on the Nintendo and many other systems. Um, but it was a joint venture between Solo, was it Solo? Soul Goose Productions and Retro Entertainment Games um, to get the thing produced and made and it looks like they did a terrific job with that as well. But what's important to us here at this point is the game itself. This game is an absolute pure love letter to my favorite series of all time, but especially on the NES, and that is the Mega Man 8-bit series. Um, it is uh, very much inspired. Physics are derived from, gameplay is derived from Mega Man. Um, I would say specifically Mega Man 2, because he does not have the slide mechanic of Mega Man 3 and, and, and on. Um, but what they made here was a game that is such a love letter to Mega Man that it even has the exact same story with names changed, where basically there's a, a, a doctor with, of a different name who's gone crazy, and uh, the slight difference is that this robot is not just a robot. It um, Just like uh, Dr. Wily and Dr. Light were at battle in the Mega Man games, and all the robots were peaceful except for the ones made by Dr. Wily. Same thing happens here. However, the original, uh, if I understand it right, the original Doctor and the robots he made, which were all made to be peaceful and never for war, um, obviously were at a disadvantage when the other robots were attacking. So he melded himself together with the robot, and it's a like a human cyborg robot thing. Although, to be honest, it looks purely robot. Um, but... This game is, I mean, it even looks like a Mega Man game. Uh, trophy is the name of the robot himself. Apparently he was originally supposed to have a, a trophy-shaped head, but um, he doesn't quite have that. However, when you beat a boss at the end of every level, a trophy pops out and you do collect it. Um, the gameplay is very Mega Man. If you have played a lot of Mega Man and know how they play, this will be very comfortable for you as it was for me. I do find it a little easier than other Mega Man games, and I think a lot of people will, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, because it does get rid of one of the one of the huge uh, pluses for a Mega Man game, which is that when you kill a boss, you get their weapon, and you kind of have to learn which boss's weapons kill other bosses quicker than your normal shot. Uh, therefore, that is no longer in this game. You don't have to worry about what order to kill bosses in, which I think a lot of beginners uh, struggle with because they don't know that, and therefore some of the bosses just feel impossible to beat. Um, but in this game, they don't. You can you always have your standard weapon. Um, I should mention, if you haven't played Mega Man, if you've been living under a rock for the last 35 years, it is a side-scrolling run-and-gun, uh, which is defined by the fact that you can only shoot directly horizontally with your weapon. Um, unlike Mega Man, where you can only shoot twice, and then you're, you have to wait for your bullets to leave the screen to shoot again. In this one, you can shoot constantly. Do, 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 do. You do have to hit the button. Um, 
And this might be one of the Mega Man might be one of the reasons I'm so used to A being jump and B being shoot and I cannot play any other game that has those backwards. Um, you really need to have that down in this game. But what's so cool about this is just like in Mega Man, you are initially shown a loading screen or a title screen, I should say, with eight levels. There's like a, a, a circus level, like a Mars space level. You've got like an industrial plant level, uh, forest. You know, you've got your your aquatic level, your ice level, a train level, and like an industrial manufacturing facility level kind of thing like that. Um, very bright, clear, crisp glass uh, graphics. The most important thing is the again the the physics, the gameplay is identical to Mega Man. My guess would be that they, you know, not being a programmer myself, directly lifted that part of this from a Mega Man game and then built the rest up behind it all the graphics and tiles and everything. Um, But kudos to them because they did an excellent job. Um, You can, there's so many, I mean, I could talk about this game forever. It is, it is great. Long story short, it is a great, great game. The bosses at the end are not Mega Man bosses. They are these giant, like two thirds of the screen filling bosses, which I know is a very difficult task on the NES from, from everything I've heard and read. Um, like the uh, circus level, you got this gigantic clown boss with hands that uh, attack separately and it's spitting bullets. Um, there's that junkyard level with this huge, uh, you know, magnet. If you if you remember, uh, what is it, the brave little toaster? You know, you had that that big mean um, electromagnet that collected the cars. You're basically fighting that guy. Um, the underwater level, there's a seahorse. I mean, you ha- there's so much to this game. Um, even the ice level is fun and not frustrating, like many ice levels are. Um, I with I can't d- describe enough how much I love this game, and um, it does have a boss rush. After you beat the eight levels, you get to a ninth level, which you know would be in a Mega Man game the Doctor Wily level, right? And it is just one level; it's not a branching paths, two or three levels to finish the game, but it is one level. Although you do have the boss rush, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I, just very cool. I don't know what else to say. I'm going to give these games a letter grade here, so I'm going to go ahead. Um, the game is going to lose a, a few points as it is. Um, I mean, it's not it, for me. It was easy because it's very Mega Man. I, don't, I wouldn't say I'd say it's a good average correct difficulty, which is awesome. I'd say akin to like a Ducktales. Um, the weapons don't change, which is kind of expected in this genre at this point, and uh, loses a few points for that, but it gains a lot of points for for, for the. Uh, Points, points for the big bosses. Um, it'd be really hard for me to give this anything lower than a B plus. Uh, I want to. I almost want to go higher. I'm gonna give it an A minus. This is getting an A minus for me. Absolute must buy at 9.99. Get the digital download. Go buy this game. I absolutely love it. All right, let's hop right on in to our second game of the evening, which I've also spent a ton of time on this month. In fact, to be completely honest, I think I spent more time on this game than I have on Trophy, um, in part because I beat Trophy um, fairly quickly. But uh, that would be Alex Kid 3. Not Alex the Kid, mind you. People will fight you over that. It is Alex Kid 3, Curse in Miracle World, which is a fun play on the original Alex Kid game, which of course was simply entitled Alex Kid in Miracle World. Now, Alex Kidd Miracle World was one of the... He was the Sonic the Hedgehog for Sega before Sonic, you know, came out for the Genesis. He was going to be, in theory, their mascot, but the games were a little um, spotty. 
However, this first one, Alex Kidd in Miracle World, was a classic. Uh, one of the best games on the system. Um, it's a game I grew up with, loving. And it was very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a fun, solid game, but it was very quirky. No other game like this. It was famous for having these um, kind of game, like, momentum-breaking uh, rock, paper, scissors matches in the middle of the game, which I only recently found out you have to memorize ahead of time and to get past them, so I would always lose all my lives on these guys and die. Um, the It's a it's a platformer, but it's hard to call it a side-scrolling platformer when the first level, you instantly drop down a well. You never go sideways. You start by, like, working your way downwards. Um, kind of like Mario had water levels and things like that. Um, to be upfront with you, as much as I love the game and have so much nostalgia for it, I would give it a solid B. But this is a fan-made game that's been years and years in the making, apparently. And it is Alex Kidd 3. There was another fan game that was um, a reimagining with different levels and stuff, very similar to Alex Kidd, called Alex Kidd 2. But this is a whole different level of fan of fan game here. They kept the spirit of Alex Kidd, but they made the game... Well, let me just be blunt. They made the game so much better. Um, it's a whole new game, absolutely, with multiple different worlds, excellent music. Um, in fact, I met the composer on uh, Twitter um, and thanked her for it. Um, the worlds that he goes through are so different. Um, there's some flip screen type, uh, type levels. There's side-scrolling type levels. The crazy, quirky vehicles that you can buy are still here. Um, the, you know, the bags of money, the little ghost that follows you, all that still here, uh, but all done in a way, I, there is, I, I have no complaints about this game. Level design is amazing, much better than the original, the flow of the game much better, and the fact that the more you play this game, um, the better you get kind of a thing, you'll, you'll get a little farther each time, makes you want to keep on coming back, so the difficulty is perfect. Uh, it's really cool. You start out in the kind of Alex Kidd, um, you know, Green Hill Zone style thing, if you will. Um, there's there's also little hints at other games in this in this game, which is really fun to find. Little Easter eggs, if you will, that I'll, I'll leave you guys to find on your own. Lots of walls, kind of Metroid-ish, where the walls are there, but you'll find out if you push against them, you'll go through them for like secret ways to get other things. Um, the money itself you get from these, you know, the stars and the bags and all that stuff. You can buy things at stores. Um, what you can't do is what you could in the original Alex Kid game, which is you save up a lot of money so that when you die, you get continues. So I found that to be a little different. So you spend the money where you can. Uh, the power ups you can get are a little different than the original game as well. You have to learn them, and they do some pretty cool. They're like special one-time use of weapons. Um. There's just the swimming levels are great. The colors, the atmosphere, the everything about it is just so good. And again, you'll you'll see little little things from other games that will just make you laugh. Um, I don't know how far I've gotten through the game, but um, I've gotten past the ice level, and then I kind of get stuck there. Uh, I, I would say if I had to guess. I think I'm still only like halfway through the game, which I'm excited about. I want to keep on going. Such a good game. Don't know what else to say about it. Go download it. 
There's no cost to this game, as you might imagine, because it would be a license infringement on, you know, the owner, property owners. I'm assuming it's still Sega for the game. But if there's any way you can throw a few bucks to the developers, this game is absolutely awesome. It would be hard for me not to give at least an A. This this is absolutely a game of the year contender for me. Um, I don't know why I wouldn't give it an A plus. I don't know why I would not give it an A plus. I'm gonna, I, but I am gonna give it just an a solid A. Awesome game, go get it. So our third and final game review for the evening uh, would be left to Soul Force. Again, on the Commodore 64 from Sarah Jane Avery. Now, this game was released, at least digitally, I believe, back in November 2020. But if you guys have listened to the show, you know that Sarah's previous shooter games she has made uh, left such an impression on myself and uh, Eric and Tim as well that I decided, you know what, I'm going to spend the money. Uh, It's the most I've ever spent on a video game. After shipping, it came to like 80 bucks to get the hard copy of this game shipped over from England when it was made, and it just arrived uh, within the last, you know, right before the last uh, recording. So I finally got around to playing it, and it's amazing. It's another amazing game. We are three for three, and that's a big part of why I wanted to do a review show. I'm just so blown away by these uh, these new modern games. Um, you know, if you want to call them homebrew, you could, but honestly, these games, all three of these are better um Maybe not on, maybe not trophy, but are better what came out in the original day of these systems. So it's hard to say, hey, homebrew, because there's kind of a negative connotation. But I mean, these are very, very small crew games, and uh, this game's amazing. It's another shooter. However, uh, Sarah outdid herself on this one. It is Soul Force, and uh, in our previous shooters she has done, they've been vertical scrolling. This game is a horizontal shooter. And when I think horizontal shooters on the Commodore, I think of games like, um, I'm going to forget all the names, but Iridium, or if you've played those these games on the Commodore 64, there's, there's this kind of feel to them, and I'm just not a fan of the horizontal shooters on, on the Commodore 64. They have this huge, sprite, big, blocky, tight passageways, uh, almost pixel-perfect gameplay. Um, like, somehow it's too fast and frantic while still being slow. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of them. But this game here is perfect. Um, so it's loading up here right now. I'm kind of watching video uh, as I played this towards the beginning of the month. I did get the cartridge. It was a beautiful white cartridge with a label. The game is so big, it's not going to fit on a standard like disc. Uh, so the cartridge is specially made to have a lot of extra memory on it to fit all this stuff. But it's so cool. It starts with like a, a Star Fox style like um, before each mission, uh, discussion between you and some of your crew and what's going on and, and where should we go from here. Um, these cutscenes pop up with just gorgeous graphics. Um, you shoot out and uh, you're instantly kind of feeling, hey, this, this feels like Gradius, and that is a good thing. You're getting these lines of enemies coming at you, taking them out. There's little turrets on the bottom, turrets on the top. It's definitely uh, inspired by Gradius here, at least on the first level and it feels like gradius in all the best ways um now it does not have the the power-up system that gradius does where you spend um you know 
things that you collect to buy weapons. It is a, uh, the, you know, the weapons are, are left on the screen for you. There are, I believe, three different power-ups you can get, and when you get them, um, if you get one, it powers that that weapon up once, and if you get another one of the same item, it will power up to two, and I think it will go up, up to three. Um, getting, you know, all the enemies of one wave will get you extra points, or special things will pop out. Um, she makes the color palette on the Commodore 64 here come to life, which is hard to do. Um, it's it's easy to tell what's foreground and what's background, which can be a struggle a lot of times. And just absolute gr- now, when when you come to the, the few levels after the first level, um, the feel of the game honestly changes. At first, it feels very gradius. Uh, eventually, it starts feeling more like a Thunder Force game, if you will. Um, I would say that you get to this underwater level here, where it almost there's you know, these rockets shooting up from the bottom. It almost feels to me like um, uh, oh, I'm totally blanking on the name of the game right now, like uh, Scramble, like the early uh, you know Konami game Scramble. Uh, there's bombs you can get that clear enemies off the screen, but it is also a game that you can re- rely on action, uh, your reaction times, and you can also use memory, and you can use them both. So it's very fair. Big bosses, again, kind of like the trophy on the NES, these big bosses come out, and they feel very um, 16-bit or arcade-style bosses where these huge things come out, and they have weak spots. You have to ha- kind of hit the weak spots and know the patterns. And then in between each level, again, you're, you're greeted with another, you're, you're awarded with another cutscene. Which is super cool, and um, you wouldn't believe it, but each level feels very different, has completely different enemies, and there are sixteen of them. That's right, sixteen different levels that are full featured levels that don't take a few seconds to beat. They take you know quite a few minutes each. Um, my gosh, it's a cool game. There's a password save if I remember correctly, so that you can come back to those levels, although you will lose your score. And, um, my goodness, just absolutely great game. Um, I would not say, however, as well polished as it is and, um, beautiful and well plain as it is, I wouldn't say that there's a ton here that feels, um, new or innovative. It's, it's just very impressive for the system, quality game, um, and again, you kind of feel the the influence from other games as you get further on. The enemies start shooting out these waves of bullets that almost feel like a uh, one of the games kind of when they were transitioning towards the manic shmups, where there was tons going on the screen at once, but um, not quite to the point where it is manic and frustrating. It's it's just clever, very clever. Soul Force is an absolute must buy as well. Um, however, if I'm going to give it a letter grade, just like the rest of these. I will give it... The, the gameplay, actually, it's funny. Her previous game, Zedwing, grabbed me more than this game grabbed me as far as the gameplay and the, uh, you know, must-keep-playing feel. Um, I think it's because you you got more instant feedback or right back in the action, whereas this game feels more like going through a long story in a good way. Um, but I think I would end up giving this a very well-deserved B+. And uh, I think that's something to be proud of. So that's it, guys. Uh, three games and uh, all must-buys, all amazing games. Um, please go get these. Just 
go get these and and find a way to again to give a few bucks to developers even for the ones that don't cost money um i want to make i want to see more games like these <laughs> long story short uh go out there uh if you guys have any opinions of course you can hit us up on our discord or our twitter page if you're not a patron and we'd love to hear your opinions and if there's any other new games that that are coming out for these systems that I might have missed or we might not have mentioned on the show before, please let us know. I love this stuff. Thank you much, and I'll see you guys next month. All right, we are back to reality here with our boy Tim Drew. Yay! Hello! I'll give my applause. I'm going to give you guys a round of applause. Thank you very much for all your work so far on the show. Great, which you can, great work, which, gentlemen. Which you can only assume at this point is worth a darn. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, what, right about now, I'm probably struggling up the hill on my morning run when I'm listening back to this. <laughs> so, okay. Hello gotcha, to my gotcha. future self, struggling up the hill. Go, go, perfect, Tim. Perfect. And also, I would like to say, happy birthday, Tim. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Yeah. And happy birthday, Eric. Yay! Oh, <laughs> And I think uh, all of us except Tim can say um, we're still waiting on your birthday present to arrive. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got Both you. all. <laughs> I got you something, Tim. A couple things, and I'm still waiting for them to come in. But when they okay. do, I'm going to pack them up and send them out. This is a birthday that's going to last an extra month, you know? Exactly. We're just trying to <laughs> stretch it out for both of you guys here. Thank you very um, much. <laughs> that being said... There are a few boxes behind you, Eric, because Tim yep. did a better job than we did at making sure things arrive on time. That's right. Just, <laughs> and I even know, got a little something. On par. For, I even got a little something for you, Cody. For me? It's not my birthday. Belated. February Belated. 30th. All right. It was February 30th, February 30th. right? <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> as, as we heard about on the errata. Uh, yeah. Real quick. Yeah. I don't know if I can open anything okay. without a beer. Yeah, I'm ready for that. So we're on beer number four for tonight, or should I say number two for today, the 30th. <laughs> Check this one out. So right. this, right. Be careful, it's, it's dripping there. Yep. So this is a epidem- from Epidemic Ales. This is called Affliction in Amber mm. Ale. That's nice. got this Amber. picture... It's a picture of a woman on there that looks kind of got scars, and she's a nurse, I guess. She looks like, um, what's that uh, Tim Burton movie, uh, Corpse Bride? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. all sewed together? Yeah, I remember that. That was yeah. a good one. So, crisp and bright with a mild floral bitterness from Pacific Northwestern hops. A blend of specialty malts impart added complexity and a distinctive amber hue. Normally, we bottle up our afflictions, but this time it's available in cans. The only symptom you'll have after drinking this smooth amber is a need for more. Luckily, we have a nurse on call that can treat you. Nurse Amber. And this one is... What is the alcohol content on this one? This one is 5.5. Not going to lie, for a uh, you know living dead zombie stitched together, she's not looking too bad. No, looking pretty good on that can. Got your pour on, guys. I did. It went a little extra heavy there, but... Nice. I got a a fantastic pour. Cheers. Cheers, sir. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, guys. Is that coffee? It's always coffee. It is coffee. It's always coffee. (laughs) Although it's in a very vibrant neon green um, plastic pull the time. Just to pull the curtain of illusion here. So for us, it is exactly... 10.30. What time is it there, Tim? 10.30 at night. It is, ex- so what- it, it is exactly 6.30 a.m. 
Oof, that's a time still. Yeah. I thought they got yeah. rid of that time back in uh back in the old days. Ah. <laughs> uh, so this amber so how's ale, the beer? How's the beer? So the good thing is it's got a nice amber ale color to it. If it's so reddish, you can barely see through it. Nice little head, it's good carbonation. Um are the bubbles big or small? Small. So small bubbles. Very frothy. Very yep. frothy. Um, it's a frothy bevy. It is an amber ale for sure. Um, it has a slight taste to me of caramel, a little bit. Um, it's dry. A little caramel, a little burnt. Yep, a little burnt flavor to it. I, I would agree with that. Um, How's it on the nose? Solid amber. It's good on the nose. It's got a bit of a floral hops smell on the nose but it not overwhelming which i'm happy to say um i what's the, so, what's the percentage on that one 5.5 5. that's fairly low for our podcast yeah mm. well it's not bad though um no. so what were you saying corpse bride so out of out of uh stitches Snitch- of, snitches get stitches eric yep out of 700 corpse brides okay wow <laughs> That's a lot of brides. Yep, seven hundred. I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm stuck with the same one for my whole life. Seven hundred would be a big task. That would be. <laughs> what would you give this one? Hmm. I do love ambers. They are a a type of beer that they're pretty consistent from brand to brand. I'd say I I, I kind of disagree with you. Some really? of them are too overhopped for me, and some are perfect. Like okay. some are, are really good. I don't like overhopped beers. Some ambers are too overhopped. This one is not. This is a smooth, smoother, more subtle hop flavor. So, um, what do you give this one? I think it's a good, solid, average amber. Good. So I'm going to say out of 700. I'm going to say 540. 540. I'm going to give it a 560. All right, one upper. That's cool. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make me the bad guy. It's a good one. It's good though. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right. Way to finish off the night. So, let's get this going. What's what? What's first? Well, I think we would be remiss to know what. Let I let's jump into a game show. Okay, let's do that first. What do you think, Tim? Absolutely. All right. So being embarrassed. Sure. My turn to dell out the pain. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) My French French man is back. (laughs) Put him back in the box. Can you do better? (laughs) No, I refuse. What is that? Situations are bad enough enough over here without me trying to do a French accent. (laughs) Our our international relations are already hanging by a thread. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go out and get the string of onions and the beret. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, listeners, you guys at home, feel free to play along. Yes. And uh, Aaron from the Amigos, feel free to get them all right and complain later. That's just <laughs> fine. Um, we, we ought to throw a special trick curveball question in just for Aaron. <laughs> just for Aaron. All right. Um, so, I'm going to let you guys decide. So, the, my, my quiz I prepared okay. is a... Um, Famous video game franchise. Um, which one of these characters does not belong? Oh, we got to do the music and okay. stuff, right? Oh, okay. we'll get there. We'll get. Okay. There. I'll okay. definitely get there. <laughs> do you guys want to compete, or is this a, comp- a, a a joint effort? Whatever you want, Tim. I'm gonna leave it up to you, bud. Um, let's let's go co-op. 
All right. All right. Cool. Joint effort. Here comes the uh, video game characters you know and love game show. Is that quiet enough for you, Eric? No, it's not, but it's fine. Is it? You're... Hold on. I'm turning Eric's headphones down. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, there we go. Good. Now yeah. you don't have to yell over the top of Tim the whole time. Fair enough. It, it, that certainly brought energy last time, didn't it? <laughs> it did. I was screaming. <laughs> I think it is. All right. Gentlemen. Together. The Okay. The evil gnome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> evil gnome. The evil gnome has a big vial of COVID. Oh, it's no. going to re- re-release it across the entire earth unless you can answer... <laughs> four of the next five questions correctly. Oh no! Four and five. Right. We four gotta get four and five. Now there's a couple extra credit questions as well. Good, we'll need them. Which are instant wins because they're not possible. So we're gonna but. answer it together, and then we're gonna if it's if You're one of us is right. <laughs> it's really loud. <laughs> if one of us, if, if one of us, if one of us is right, you'll tell us right, and then we got to convince each other. Is that the way the co-op's gonna work? Um. Or if one of us gets it right, where we move on. So, so yeah, you guys both show me your answers. Okay. And either you're wrong, or else you discuss amongst yourselves. Okay. Okay. Right. I like it. I like it. I'm ready, gentlemen. One of my favorite eight bit series of all time is Mega Man. Which one of these original eight bit Mega Man characters is not an actual eight bit Mega Man character? Dr. Light, Proto Man, Carly, Rush, or Dr. Wily? Pressure's on, pressure's on. Right, Tim is have writing an answer, things on down. I'm not a big, I'm not a good Mega Man uh, expert here, Tim, so. Uh, you're probably more of a Mega Man expert than I am. I tried to pick <clears> some UK stuff, and then I realized I don't know any UK characters, so. I'm going to say Carly. Okay, I'll go with that. You guys are both just going to go with Carly? Yep. Yep. Gentlemen. You are correct. Carly. Yeah. Eric, high five, dude. (laughs) We did it. So far, the evil gnome says something to the effect of... I'll get you next time. Get you next time. <laughs> oh, all right. good work, Eric! You saved the you saved the day there. That was a real Eric, guess. Eric, you were a true Mega Man on that question. <laughs> Thank you. We are all familiar with such famous Pokemon games as Red and Blue <laughs> and Snap <laughs> and Snap. <laughs> okay. Which one of these precious stones is not a Pokemon game? Okay, I can do this. Ruby, quartz, emerald, sapphire. Quartz. I'm gonna say quartz. What do yep. you, What do you I'm, say? I'm, I'm with you on that one. Quartz. Yep. Yes. We obviously, did it. you guys are. You guys know your Tim. Pokemon. Big high five. <laughs> virtual high five. I don't know if you uh, win the game or lose it life for knowing that. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I just... <laughs> Dude, we, we've played a lot of Pokemon in my house with the kids and everything. Uh, I'm exactly. happy with it. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. I would have gotten that. I'll be honest with you. All yeah. right, you guys are two for two. Two for two. <laughs> Woo. We were so bad last time. I'm trying to raise the game for Pixel Guy. I appreciate here. it. <laughs> Number three. Sonic the Hedgehog is a classic, classic gaming franchise. Unfortunately, as the series got a little long at the tooth, they lost their way a little bit. 
Meh. Which one of these four characters is not in the Sonic the Hedgehog canon? Fang the Bat, Espio the Chameleon, Jet the Hawk, or Shadow the Hedgehog? Can you read those again? Fang the Bat, Espio the Chameleon, Jet the Hawk, or Shadow the Hedgehog? And while you guys pontificate, I, I will admit, sip the beer. I have to admit, Tim, I don't know. I'm going to guess the bat. I've never heard of that character before. That's exact. That was my gut instinct. Fang the bat. Okay, that's that's our guess. Uh, Gentlemen, three for three. Woo! I thought I thought that one might get you. I thought that one might get you. All right, all, all right. right. Uh, right on, man. We're doing well. We're doing well. All right. Well, uh, we only got one more. And we win. You guys are about to uh, remember if you get all all the answers correct. You uh, right? I don't know. We have to pick a spice girl. Cancer? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Oh, and and the evil gnome is mad. Yogurt. All right. In Eric's favorite game of all time, Super Mario Three, which Uh, he first played for the first time a few months ago. Okay. How much have you played, Tim? Not a lot. A bit. Okay. Mario can gain extra abilities by hopping inside of things. Which one of these is not one of those things? A shoe? A possum? A frog? Or a tanuki? What the hell is the last thing? (laughs) Well, that's a real thing, Tim. That's a real thing. Is it? <laughs> that's a real thing. So I'm going to say... Or did that- I not pick some weird Japanese name? And I'm like, yeah. that's a thing, guys. Uh, well, that's the only one I know for sure. Okay. I'm right. going to say possum. Okay. Tim, I'm- what do you think? What are you going to say? It's okay. I'm- pick some. I was thinking shoe. But okay. then maybe that's probably a bit too obvious, isn't it? That the shoe is definitely there. So... <sighs> How 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 recently did you play it? A couple of months ago, was it? No, it's been a while. Yeah, five five uh, or six months ago. I don't remember. Yeah, I, and it's I, Eric, I so he played fourteen minutes of it. That's, so. that's yeah. true. Yeah, probably <laughs> probably thirteen minutes more than me. <laughs> I didn't get to the shoe. <laughs> I'm gonna say possum. What are you saying, Tim? Come on. I'll, I'll go with you. We've we've been in sync so far. All right. Let's we're, let's stick with that. We're gonna say possum. Gentlemen. I don't think there are I don't think there are possums in Japan. Mm, there's a lot right below in Australia, I'll tell you that. That's true. Come on. Now I actually hit both buttons. <laughs> so is it <laughs> You're correct. Yeah, right. You got you got yes. possum. Uh, Tim, all the pressure's off. In Super Mario 3, you can be in a Tanuki suit, a frog suit, yep. and a Goomba shoe. Uh, as well as you can be Hammer Mario. You cannot be Possum Mario, which would which would be cool because he could like hang upside down on stuff. Yeah, Just saying. that's true. Just saying, Tim, we're four for four. We we saved the world from COVID. Now I'm ready for the bonus questions. <laughs> no <laughs> pressure here. We don't we don't care about these. Um, I'm if, ready for bonus questions. If you so. get any one of these bonus questions correct, you get a a night with uh, B. Arthur, the Golden Girl. <laughs> <laughs> so mm, just deli- saying, mm, just saying, deli- delicious. All right. Uh so I was hoping that at this point you guys would be only one point away from victory and I'd put all the pressure on Tim. Right. So 
in the game SSX Tricky. Oh, I'm going to let Tim answer this exclusively. Oh, no. <laughs> Which one of these female snowboarders is not in the actual game? Mackenzie Frazier, Raquel Moore, Zoe Payne, Elise Riggs. These are characters you can play as, and Tim, as we know, has put hours and hours into this game. There's yeah, no I, way he's I, not going to get this right. I know Zoe is probably right. <laughs> Look at that face. He's like, oh no. I, so I, Tim, know, I know their first names, but I don't. So go through it again. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Because I think Zoe's right. That's the only one I know. I think Zoe is right. So who's Do not you know? in the game? Is that correct? That's correct. Who is not in the game? Yeah. Mackenzie Frazier, Raquel Moore, Zoe Payne. Elise Riggs. This is all you, Tim. No pressure. Don't get scared now. Is it McKinsey? Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. Your teammate let you down. Who is it? It is Raquel Moore. I made that out of thin air. Okay. Who's McKinsey then? Mackenzie Frazier, also known as Mac. Uh, Does that ring a bell? Mac. I don't know. Yeah. Mackenzie Mac Frazier is how they put it on right. uh, Wikipedia, okay. which is where I get my jokes. <laughs> all right, that's all right. You Sorry, already saved Eric. COVID. I mean, come on. Sorry, Eric. We already saved the world, Tim, so I'm not okay. worried about it. All right. Now, here here are two questions. I'm going to stop the music because this, ser- this is too serious. Thank you. <laughs> Even for, for game show music. This, this is, is too legit. Much. Okay. Because right now, you're going to end world hunger if you can en- a- answer either one of these questions. Okay. I'm down with world hunger. I mean, ending it. So, funny thing enough, Tim already asked one of these questions earlier in the okay. show. This exact question. I'm ready. What the hell is a tanuki? Go. <laughs> it's like a It's like a fox. It's. I don't know what it is, but it's like a fox with a fox tail. I really have no idea what a tanuki is. I think it's a little so primate it's, it's like fox. a fox, but with a fox tail. Correct. <laughs> you got it. You nailed it. You nailed it. That's what I'm going to say it is. I have no idea. Well, Tim. what does your teammate think? Because you, you guys got to agree. If or... you have anything to add to that, go ahead. I, I have nothing I have nothing to add. I've never heard the phrase tanuki in my whole it, life. Is it a fox with a possum tail? No, it's no? a furry tail. No. All right. That's, the, I, I that's know. the only thing I can remember out of Super Mario is is something with a big bushy tail or something like that. But correct. And <laughs> possums have little scaly tails because they, they run run along my fence all the time. In my neighborhood. At least the possums we have here, yes, yeah. and they're terrifying. They hiss at you. Yep. Uh, fun fact. Yeah. In college, we caught one to keep as a pet. <laughs> a possum. That's a bad idea. Uh, wow. It, I kept it in a plastic box with holes. Now, Peta, don't re- come after me now. We fed it hot dogs, which yeah. it never ate, but I got to the point where I could pull the lid off. Now, we only kept it for two days. I could pull the lid off and pet it while it hissed at me constantly. Yeah. <laughs> Man. And then, and then some guy I met while I worked at Petco came over one night, and we had beers, and he decided to try to, I don't know what he was trying to do, but long story short, it jumped out of the box finally and bit through his shoe. Oh, my God. <laughs> They have little spindly teeth College. too. Uh, do you have a, do you, Tim? Do you have opossums there? Possums or opossums? 
No. Um, foxes, are, foxes are probably the most common <laughs> thing over here in that um, kind of genre. I'll take a fox over a possum any day, but we do have possums here. They're almost like a cross between a rat and a, a ghost. And a, Oh, man, they are creepy. They're yeah. nasty little critters, but, but I, I'm cool with them. I mean, they're just trying to get by. Well, that's not worse when you keep three-day-old hot dogs with them. Yeah. All right. I, I, actually, I suppose that we, we, I don't know whether you guys have, do you have, um, you, you must have squirrels over there, I oh, guess. Oh, of then. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we have the, um, the gray ones and they are evil. Gray squirrels. <laughs> yeah. Ima- imagine a squirrel, but like 10 times bigger and m- like 10 times uglier. And that's a yeah. possum for you. You know, it has the face. You remember Beetlejuice when he like pulls his yeah, face? that's right. And has sunken eye holes. That's a possum face. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I just had to bring it back to retro, and that's kind of a retro. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so here's the correct answer. Sorry, you are wrong. I can hit the no button on here. I can do oh. a violin. Oh. It is not a fox with a fox-like tail. What is it? So according to the internet on it's multiple sites... With a... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't believe this when I read it, so I had to check multiple sites. Officially, a tanuki is the Japanese name for an Asian raccoon dog. Can I say it looks like a raccoon? It's an Asian with, raccoon with dog. I yeah. still I looked on four different sites. I don't know if it is a dog or a raccoon, but it is a raccoon dog. Huh. I don't. It's bizarre. I watched a video of it and, and I still haven't decided if it's dog or raccoon. I have no idea. <clears throat> so, did they keep them as pets then? They do not. Not right. to my knowledge. All right. They'll bite okay. through your shoe and eat hot dogs. Um, mm. Hot dogs. Last question. Okay. To end world hunger. Sorry, we still on the game show, are we? Oh, we are. <laughs> One more. One more. <laughs> you guys have brought the world back to normalcy out of COVID, but you have not ended world hunger yet. Okay. Now, this is one that is very a classic uh, retro video game piece of trivia here. So, one of you might have heard it before and forgot it, and you're going to hate yourselves because you forgot it. Okay. We talked about Sonic the Hedgehog. We know Tails is a very well-known character. Mm-hmm. So is Knuckles. Mm-hmm. What animal is Knuckles? What animal is Knuckles? <laughs> <clears throat> Hold on, I got so this. So for the listeners, I'll describe Tim's face, and it is like uh, utter confusion and defeat at the same time. <laughs> Hold on, I know no, this. No, I, 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 I should know this. Do you? I should okay. know this. Mm-hmm. Knuckles the... What is the, he? Knuckles the... Tanuki. Tanuki. <laughs> He's not a tanuki. I know that. He's not an Asian raccoon dog. Yeah. <clears throat> I have the answer right here in front of me. I can read it. Knuckles. No, Knuckles. I'm looking right at it. Hold on. Knuckles is a... God, I don't... I have no idea, Tim. What do you think? It's something beginning with an E, I think. Elephant? It's a... no. no, he's not an elephant. Um... <laughs> Bizarre looking elephant. Like an, an elephant with dreads. He's not an Eric... Although that would make sense. That would put things into perspective. <laughs> I, ha- no, I have, no, I have no, large that's a knuckles. Knucklehead. <laughs> knucklehead. Oh, oh I'm going to have to use a record Sorry, scratch. Eric, I couldn't resist that one. <laughs> Tim, Tim with the sweet burn. <laughs> <laughs> love love you, man. Love you. All right. I'm giving you three seconds. Final answer, go. I have no idea. Go ahead. Go it ahead, Tim. It begins with an E. I can't, I can't think of it now. Is it? 
I, I want to say an enchilada, that's but that's definitely enchilada. not. <laughs> you're actually you're actually quite close. I will I will allow you to feed one inner city child. You did not end end world hungry, but you got the E. Uh, uh, I, is it? A, ready? 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 Yeah. Yekidna. Yekidna? Yekidna? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. What but you're right. It started with an E. Hold on. It, it started with that? an E, yeah. It did I, start I with an E. with an E. Hold on. Now I got to share the screen so I can pull up a Yekidna here. Are you joking? I'm not joking. That's a, that's a, that's a made up. That's a made-up animal. A tanuki is a made-up animal. <laughs> I, I could I could see the letters, but I couldn't pronounce it. I just couldn't think. That's I don't it. even know if I spelled it right. There it is. There it That's is. That's what Knuckles yeah. is, that thing. Yeah. It's like a... Imagine a hedgehog, which, by the way, we don't have here in America. Yeah. They're actually illegal pets that I want to own because they're adorable. I know they're all over the place over there. Um, but with, like, an anteater nose. Mm-hmm. Like a hedgehog with an anteater nose. It's a spiny anteater. There you go. There you go. Huh. I've never seen one of those. There's a, there's knuckles for you. I don't see his knuckles. No. I wouldn't be afraid of a punch from that thing. I have bigger knuckles than him. That's <laughs> what you said. Okay. Let's go ahead. I just dropped it. You're dropping beer on my floor, Eric. It's, We're four beers in. It's an empty can. We're four beers in. Cody, you've still got the screen share on. Yeah, that's cool. You can just look at words. How about, while I take that off, we go ahead and delve into whatever those boxes are behind you there, Eric. We're going to do boxes next? We got to do it sometime. All right. And then after that, we'll hop into catching up. Uh, Tim, can you see me now? Nope. No? I can just see me. Oh, we need to get Tim on the the horn. How do I unshare a screen here? Plus, I need to... I feel like every uh, IT department's worst nightmare right now. Wait. What button? No, I, I need to click the... I'm actually Try putting it back here. to grid view. On grid Stop view. sharing. Look at that. There we go. Hey! All right, All right so it. which box am I opening first? The one with the what? Euchidna on it. With the one? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the, uh, the Asian yeah. raccoon dog. Yeah, get off, you you pesky spiny auntie to you. <laughs> That's going to be the, uh, the new uh, cool insult. Amongst the the youth, well, are you using a key to open boxes? Yeah, you are. Tell you what, you open that, that's, your... Do you know what? That is a completely IT thing there because you turn up on site, you've got a box you need to open, you've got nothing else apart from your keys, so you that's use right. your keys to open the box. <laughs> so these are birthday birthday delights. So this is for birthday Cody. Delights. This is for Cody. Now I, I this is a little out of out of order because. Um, I'll just let you open this and figure it out. But, Tim, I got you the same thing. So the next box that's coming for you is what's in this box as well. Okay. So I got a lot of them. So I'm going to let Cody open, but you're getting the same thing. There you go, Tim. We both got a United Service Postal I'm looking box. forward to that box. That box, box will come in handy. It's priority. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you for the box, Eric. Oh, you're oh welcome. wow. Okay. So this is unexpected. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Cool. Awesome, right, Tim? All right, Eric, you go. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you go. All right. Is, I'll, it, I'll, is it a I'll, mug? <laughs> it is not. Step number one. This is a digital controller. Can you read what it says at the top there or not? I'm gonna try to Uh it's, How good is old, my webcam? Old, it's old school. It's an old school digital controller. 
But but, but what it is at is, the top it says compatible with GameCube and Game Boy Player. Yep. So I got mm. it. So I'll explain this, and maybe it'll make our segment a little <clears throat> go a little faster. But my segment this 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 uh, month is on the GameCube Player. Yep. And it is a thing that lets you play Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance games on the GameCube. Yeah. But this controller is interesting. So Ori came out with a controller that just includes the digital the digital pad as well as the buttons to make it easier to play Game Boy games. So mm-hmm. that controller is specifically for the Game Boy player. And it's super cool because it's a Super NES-shaped yep. controller, but it's got the button layout got of the a GameCube. GameCube buttons. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But Eric, yeah, I don't have a Game Boy player. But you do now! Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> that out. <laughs> you a play Game Boy player. Game Boy player. Nice. So, so Got to play is... Tim's little sound there. Ooh, ooh. Hold on. Like, like, <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there we go. So, so so this is something I've been wanting for quite a while. Yeah. But as you probably saw, Eric. Yeah. Uh, I never put one and one together to make two. These, the actual player itself, yep. is not terribly expensive. The problem becomes yep. when you try to find the disc that allows you to use the player because you have to plug this into the bottom of your GameCube put the disc in the top, but we modded our GameCubes, which means we can burn that disc. Well, you got to listen to my segment because it gets even better. So we can can make a copy now because all three of us have our Xeno GC mod chips, right? So we can just take the original boot disc and just make a copy and we're good to go, okay? That's great. But homebrewers have made this new version called the GBI. Mm-hmm. So as long as you can boot Swiss, which we all can because we have mod yep. chips, we yep. boot Swiss and we then launch GBI, it gives you insane options to make the screen even better. So now it's like 240p. There's like all these different options and it makes the the games play even better. I mean, they look like really? day and night better with the GBI software. I'll have to see it. So you can boot those off of Swiss. You you launch Swiss and then you can boot them off of your little SD2, SPI2, whatever, SP2, mm-hmm. whatever it is. You can just boot the software, just download it, put it on your card, boot it off, and you're good to go. This thing, I, I'm telling you, this thing is amazing. Yeah. And the benefit the controller is super cool. All the EverDrive stuff works. So EverDrive game original Game Boy, EverDrive Game Boy Advance. If you have the the EverDrives, they work. So you can play any game big on the screen, and you're good to go. If you don't want to open that, I have mine right here. Oh, I'm opening it. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess for the lack of time. Yep. <laughs> Check that out. So anyway, that plugs into your Game Boy and lets you play it. it it's better than a Game Boy. It's hard to explain, but it's better plugs than plugs into a, the GameCube. Yeah. Correct. So it's a better yeah. game. Now, the Game Boy Player has a link cable on the front. You can actually use your Game Boy Advance as a controller if you wanted to. Yeah. But yeah. that actually kind of negates that. So it's a. It's kind actually kind of cool just for a game, uh, GameCube controller. It's honestly. Nice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you, could use that. you could use that on the Wii as well, couldn't you? Which has got the, um, the yep. early ones had the That's GameCube right. ports on them, didn't it? Correct. Yep. So anyway, there you go. Tim, the funny thing is, the the story goes, I got a lot of two of the Game Boy players, and one of them didn't work. 
And so I'm asking for a new one, and the guy said he'll send me a new one. So I'm waiting mm-hmm. for yours to come in, but I already got you this. This is good to go. That is I got very you a Game Boy Player. So I'm sending those to you in the next package to you. So you should be getting those off. I should be getting with the next couple of weeks. <clears throat> awesome. Um, Thank you. And then the funny thing is the third one I got for me, I got from uh, Legacy Toys and Games. Oh, perfect. <clears throat> and they, cool. they actually had a very reasonable price on it. So I bought it locally. But I got your guys's two on uh, in a lot of two of them. So excellent! There you cool. go. Looking awesome. forward to that. Thank you very much. Awesome. All right, um, so Eric. I'm... You're again. The, what I have coming for you didn't come yet. Okay. But the one thing I can give you right now, okay, is about three and a half minutes of a spinoff show from Pixel Guiden called Eric and Tim. Yeah. <laughs> because I have four beers in me, and I'm going to have to use the bathroom. So enjoy your show. <laughs> All right, I, I'm going to let Tim go there. We're going to have to play Tetris to get out of the room here. So hold on. <laughs> okay, so he just left. Okay. All right, All right, right so now, Tim. Now, now let, let, let's talk trash about Cody while he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Tim, I wasn't expecting this at all. So, I mean, this no, is... No, a... I, I know you weren't. I kept it secret. <laughs> so the beautiful thing is what I really love about your labels from the UK is it says faulty computer parts. Yeah, I, I, I keep forgetting because I should put on there a box of broken dreams, but I don't think the customs would appreciate that. <laughs> no, they, they would not know what that is. So, okay. so uh, Eric is opening a package that I sent to him for his birthday. Um, it's a medium-sized box, um, and it's got some goodies in there for him, which awesome. I'm sure he's going to find in a moment. Which, uh, it was my 50th, which... <clears throat> automatically <clears throat> for our stupid failed healthcare system here in the US. Yeah. Um which is ridiculous, but my <clears throat> my HMO sent me an email saying, "Hey, you're 50 now." Yeah. You're an, you're an old guy, so go get your COVID vaccine. So the cool thing is I wouldn't get my COVID vaccine. So Yeah. Yeah. Um I I did reach the good old age age of 50. So, yeah, well, I, I, I reached 49, so I'm still but just below the cutoff point for it. Um, but uh, they, they might be getting there in the next few weeks. Who knows? <laughs> but yours your should be opening up for everyone soon, right? Uh, well, uh, this, I think they're still going to do it in age groups uh, for all a little right. while yet. But, um, yeah, they're, they're catching up with all the, all the first vaccines for, for most people at the moment. Yeah. All right, so I've almost got this open. Okay. As with Tim, he, he always packs these things really well. So, <laughs> so Eric's op- de- delving into the first first item in the box. Yeah, what which is awesome. Got? All right, so I'm going to let Cody back in the room here. I have a thing that says, Happy birthday, Eric. Hope this arrives in time for the recording, which it did. <laughs> Hope you like the few little surprises inside and a few predictable ones and clean crunchies. <laughs> which which i love I, they are like i told my wife recently they are my absolute favorite candy now because i'm they're not delicious. a big candy eater but they're amazing i love them and my daughter will eat the lion's share of any crunchies you send which I, i'm yeah. happy with but she loves them I now mean, yeah. they will not they will not last in my house quick news flash while you yeah. get to the next part of what you're doing there yep um that did you try that what was that licorice with like the sugar powder? 
yeah, the um, uh, the sherbet fountain. You, yeah, you did it wrong, didn't you? You tipped all the sherbet into a bowl. You're not meant to do that. You're meant, <laughs> you're meant, you're meant to dip the, the, the licorice stick. You're meant to lick it and then dip it into the sherbet. It's it's a single-player game, Cody. It's not a well, two-player no. or a three-player game. I understand that, but my whole, whole family wanted to try it. However, so we did not do that because that's gross. However, I... <laughs> I thought that was the concept, but I literally opened, took the top off, and there was no licorice. I had to pour the whole thing into a bowl and fish out the little piece of licorice, which had turned into, like, a circle. Yeah. It was, like, hidden in the sugar. So, anyways, I I did try that once because I like licorice and no one else in my family really does. Yeah. Uh, it's not good. No. <laughs> It was a fun no, experience, I, so I appreciate I've, it. I've never been a great fan of those myself. They're not good. <laughs> they were okay back in the day because they used to have like um uh, like a cardboard outer on them, and it was it was just a different packaging dynamic back okay. then. But um, anyway, what's Eric got over there? All right, so first thing I got was munchies. Oh wow, chocolate appeared. Crunchies, munchies, crunchies, dunchies, dairy milk caramels, which are awesome. Yep. And Revels, I don't think I've had these yet. Revels. No, they're, they're, they're sort of like the, the roulette of the chocolate world, they are. Because <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. What is it They're called? All, all different flavors. Oh, yeah, wow. There's Revels. There's, wow. That's like Bernie Bott's every flavored beans. Yeah, there's coffee, there's orange, uh, there's caramel, and there's like a malt one, which is like a Malteser. I don't know if you've had Maltesers before. Mm, um, raisin. Yeah, and raisins. So you kind of like you you take one out and you think what am I going to get? What am I gonna get? Oh, it's orange! Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So this is cool. So the the first things I opened here. Let me the first oh, things way were cool. Pit stop two for the Commodore sixty four, which is in the tape, the original tape, like the big tape though, like the, the double tape, exactly, yep. which is really awesome. My favorite Wait. game of all in the BBC Micro Starship Command. Oh, so, wow. Yep. <laughs> That's the original Starship Command, <laughs> nice. which is amazing. I, I do love this game, Tim. It's my favorite yep, game. I on know the, you do. That's why I sent it, it to you, man. <laughs> Still my favorite. I'll take a look. Still my okay. favorite on there. I got, so on the BBC Micro, here it is, Gala Force, which I Yay! said is another, was my favorite <laughs> shmup on there, which is amazing. That's really cool. And then one of my favorite, my one of my, so I wouldn't say this is my favorite game, but it is my favorite Sid the music on the Commodore 64 Master of Magic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I love that tune, that Sid tune. Tim, that's amazing. That is really, <laughs> really cool. And, and the funny thing is, Tim, like, like I don't have um, a working data set. Uh, but, well, delve, delve a little bit further into the box. Oh, sir. oh <laughs> But But the, the ones you've sent me, because my leaderboard, the one you sent me for leaderboard golf, Yep. It's sitting is sitting like on my table, but there's not a good place for it. And I've been thinking of making a whole shelf just just for tapes because I think yep. they're so cool. Tapes are so yep. cool. I wanted to start like trying to import them because they just aren't they weren't around here. And look, Tim is right. I've got my small Tim based collection up here. <laughs> 
so, so, that one, so that one you can do kind of like a timeshare if you want on that one's been fully reconditioned it's got new belts in it it's been aligned it's been cleaned it's Man. all fully working that is that's so just for just so people listening it is um the commodore c2n so or the soap bar as i like to call it um yep. <laughs> so tim and, I, I i have one of these in my garage it doesn't work and i never yeah. put the time into fixing it so if this works so Cody, this is what I had as a kid. Yeah, and I, I have seen this, and I've almost bought them on multiple occasions. But and I had that on my Vic Twenty when I first got my Vic Twenty. I got yep. that, and that was my only means of get, saving stuff and loading stuff on the Vic Twenty other than cartridges. Yeah, um, and so cool. And I moved that to my Commodore sixty four until I mowed enough lawns to to buy the fifteen forty one. Yeah, like yep. like disk drive. So this is like huge nostalgia for me. And being able to load stuff off a tape is, is amazing. That's really cool, Tim. Thank you. That is going to be really you fun to welcome. do one, once or twice. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's it's. I don't know why. Maybe it's coming going back to my original days. But I just find it really therapeutic loading games from tape. There's there's no rush. There's no urgency on it because you've just got to wait. And a lot of the Commodore 64 games have like music while they're loading and all that sort of thing. So it's just like I don't know. It's probably that ultimate nostalgia for me. Um, but it's just just one of those things that I really like doing. It's just loading a game from tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah gonna, no, I get it. If, if, and I'm going to do it too. It. So oh, this other box is beer, and it's packed really well. So why don't you explain this, Cody, while I unpack the rest? Looks like you got yourselves a Glastonbury Hedge Monkey, which is bold and ballsy. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, we've gotten some Glastonbury beer from you before. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. So, Tim, I will say I've had this one and I love it. So, thank you for that. Yeah, one. I'm, oh, I'm not Fuller's. surprised, but I thought that's a that's a probably you know that's a, a like a proper you know commercial beer, but still a still a nice one. Yep, and it, the funny thing is, one of the better dates I went on with my wife. We uh, <laughs> one of the better ones. Well, I mean, you know, it must some have of, worked. <laughs> not, it's not her fault, but I mean, some some restaurants we've gone to. This was Boulevard Bistro, which is okay, in yeah. Elk Grove. It's a very fancy kind of the only fancy place in Elk Grove, really. Sheldon and it's, Inn, and as it's, well, but yeah, Sheldon yeah, Inn. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't even know if Sheldon's fancy. I mean, Boulevard Bistro is pretty fancy, okay. but um. They had London Pride was one of their few beers they had back then, or London Porter. And uh, I remember getting that, and we had a really nice time just having a dinner there. So this one is Sharps Brewery Rock Cornwell Coconut Stout. Hmm. Look at that one. That's unique. Now, yeah. I will say I had my last couple of, of your um, Wild Beer Company built beers the last few days. I yep. decided, what the heck, let's have them. What the heck, drink them. That's what yes. they're there for. I saw, yes. you, I saw you drinking them. I was like, oh, good for him. That's awesome, because those <laughs> Wild Beer ones are excellent. Well, Tim, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you, you so much. You are welcome. No problem at all. <laughs> cool. Way cool. I'm uh, looking forward to digging into that. We need to find more of this like, unique stuff that... that uh, is American eccentric and Tim can't get over here. Yeah. Like we make it very apparent what we, what we don't know about because we're stupid Americans. Yeah. So if you could just be a stupid Englishman and tell us what like you don't have, that would be great. Exactly. It is hard. A vaccine. Yeah, exactly. I, sh <laughs> I shipped you a Moderna number two. So if you can go get the first one, we got you covered on the second. 
Sweet! Way cool. So anyway, again, Tim, I'm I've got I've got the Game Boy Player, I've got the controller for you, and I've got one other thing for you, and I'm waiting for them all to ship in, and then we're gonna build a box and send it to you. Build a box. Okay. You know how we you know how we do. Uh awesome. gentlemen, what do you guys think about uh catching up? Love to do it. Let's do, do it. Let's, let's go ahead and catch up, shall we? We got the and Tim in there for you. Yeah. And Tim! And Tim! (laughs) All right, I'll go first. My number one item here, uh, not number one, but first item here. Uh, My wife and I like to take uh, trips out in the convertible and just drive out and go visit places out in the middle of nowhere because it's fun to get to and fun to come home from. We ended up in uh, Jackson, California. Mm. I'm going to Jackson. There's a lot of places in California that are really unimpressive, but then you find out that Johnny Cash thing about them, and you're like, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, Folsom Prison is not a very exciting prison, but okay. Johnny, Johnny Cash thing about it, so that's cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, anyways, I was in Jackson, and there's a bookstore there that I frequent when I go out that way, and I just saw a little brown edge of plastic sitting on the shelf, and I'm like, hmm. That looks like an Atari 800 XL. So sure enough, I have to like track down the owner who is hidden behind a stack of books somewhere. It's an old bookstore. I'm like, hey, so that an Atari? He's like, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it works though. And I'm like, how much? He's like, thirty bucks. Sold. Sold. <laughs> so, <laughs> how many it, more have you got? <laughs> it was in it was in great shape. Brought it home, plugged it in. Works like a dream. So it was just really cool. Yeah, nice. So, so my uh, my I guess the moral of the story is uh, always ask, always yes. ask. Start a conversation. Yeah. If at worst he wants way too much for it, and you meet a new friend and you talk about cool old video games or whatever, but always ask. Because if he said like two hundred bucks, you'd be like, okay, cool, I have one already. Yeah. It's nice. Blah blah blah. But. 30 bucks, that's a deal. For 30 bucks, I could use a backup. Even untested, <laughs> exactly. And it yeah. works like a charm, so. Yep. Very cool. Nice. Eric, you've been doing some work. Yeah, so I did do a very satisfying repair job on my Wonderswan. So you guys saw my Wonderswan. It had the upgraded um, LCD screen, yeah. very bright. I I have been totally digging the Wonderswan much more than I thought. I thought it would be like this thing that I got and used a couple of times, and then, like, sat on the shelf as a collectible. Which, but, honestly, mine has. Yeah, I love mine. When I when I got the multi-cart for it that, that we covered on a previous show, I I mean, that shmup um, that I got... Judgment uh, Silver Sword. Ju- Judgment Silver Sword is worth the price of admission. Like, that game is amazing. I love it. That's, yeah, okay. But I've been playing... A, but there's, like, five titles that have been converted into English, which are really pretty cool, so you can play them, and they're converted... There's a lot of really cool... I've been playing the Klonoa game mm-hmm. on there. That's a nice little platform that's really cool. It's black and white. It's not the color, but it's a really cool game. But one thing my that my Wonderswan suffered from that a lot of Wonderswans suffered from, and I did a lot of research on it, is the power button doesn't really actuate really well. I don't know about yours, Cody, but... Like, you got to press the, the power button a lot to get it to turn off. It's yeah. easy to turn on, but hard to turn off. And you, sometimes if you hit another button in that one, it, like, pr- flexes that board in there to, <laughs> to okay. make it turn off. 
it's a, it's kind of annoying, but you can get it to to work or whatever. But I, w- I I read much deeper into it, and what they did was the Wonder Swan originally was supposed to have a slider switch for the power, a slider like on yeah. off on off. Instead, it has a push button, but that wasn't the intent. The intent was to have a slider. So there's like these four contacts in there for a you know like double pull, double throw switch or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Um, but they didn't. They put a cheaper one in there. So like what happens is it wears out over time. Like like almost all Wonder Swans suffer from this. Yeah. yeah. So I went online okay. and I saw and I I was I was researching this and this guy on the internet and I mean this thing was like less than ten bucks. It's adhesive, but a conductive thing where you... And I've, I haven't used them all, but I only used the one I needed. You take this off. You open up your Wonder Swan. Huh. You, you, you put the sticker over the actual contacts. And then the little push-button rubber that pushes down, the conductive rubber that pushes down, will actually actuate the, the, the buttons so that it works every time like it's supposed to. So <clears throat> the cool thing is I opened up my Wonder Swan for the first time. I went in there. I, I was digging around. I installed this thing in less than 10 seconds, put it back together. Now it works like a charm. And this guy sells these little adhesive connectors. And he gives you a whole sheet for every button that's on there so that it fixes everything. But my Wonder Swan works fine except for the power button. Gotcha. So I only use the power button, and but I'm keeping these in case any of these other buttons fail. But you literally just open it up, you stick this on the circuit board above that those contacts, put it back together, and you're good to go. So Very anyway, cool. I did the Wonder Swan thing. Now my Wonder Swan is 100% perfect and it works well. So It awesome. works wonderfully. Yes, wonderfully. What exactly, Tim? What a wonder exactly. that Wonder Swan is. Exactly. So anyway, just want to let you know, did some little Wonder, wonder Swan repair. Tim, tell me, speaking of surprises, pleasant surprises... Tell me about your Atari are we, surprise. Are we doing segues again? Yeah, of course. <laughs> always. Always. Talk, talking of video games, yeah. <laughs> Love that thing. <laughs> yeah. So this month for Tea Time with Tim, um, it's obviously already kind of like done, released, um, but we haven't really talked about it yet in between us, is this month I've done Tea Time with Tim on the Atari Jaguar. Which is three um, syllables when you say it. Jaguar. There you go. Two syllables. <laughs> Jaguar. <That's American. laughs> Jaguar. It's Jaguar. <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I did, did, did a segment on the Atari Jaguar. Um, and it's all about unboxing my Atari Jaguar because up until that point, it had never been removed from its box. Oh, it stayed wow. brand new in its box. That was it. Um, That's crazy. So I've, I've also done a video on this, uh, which again will kind of like <laughs> in in different time zones here at the moment. But um, yeah, I've done a, done a video all about unboxing it, uh, setting it up, and getting it going for the first time. Um, but there was kind of an ulterior motive for this because. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, you got it! You I jerk. have the Jaguar game drive. <laughs> I, ha- I hate you now. I want, I've, I've wanted that thing for so long. How did he get that? 
<laughs> so, uh, Bruno Vision! Yeah. Bruno Vision! No, Don't go there yet, guys. <laughs> we, 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 we love you. We love you, Bruno Vision. I'm sorry. Yeah, we love you, Bruno Vision. Um, yeah, so uh, I didn't get it from Retro HQ. Um, I got it from, I can't remember the name of the shop now. Um, it was one of, the, one of the sellers in the UK just literally posted on Twitter that they had some for available for pre-order. So I just went straight on the website and this was, I think it was probably uh, late February, I think it was. Um, so I went straight on the website, did the pre-order. Um, and I, and I, I said to Donna, my wife, I said, right, if it comes in, that's my birthday present sort of thing. Yeah. Jokingly, like, you know, I'm probably not going to get this thing till September or something like that. And then like, Two weeks later, the thing turned up, and I'm That's like, "Wow, what? Uh, uh, now I've got to wait. I've got to wait almost a month before I can have this because I said it was going to be for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it's been killing me." So, have um, you used it at this point? Yes, I've used it. Well, yeah, obviously because I've done a video all on it. Um, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So, so yeah, so um, that is the 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 game drive so at the top there um so it's got like a nice little uh color print sticker on there um i'm not sure whether this is a 3d printed case it's kind of got that feel to it, it. so i have retro hq's um um what do you call it neo geo pocket cartridge yeah and it almost feels like a plastic version of cardboard it's like this yeah, unique yeah, it's kind, compressed kind of like paper yeah. feel yeah, yeah, I, yeah i quite yeah. like the feel of it actually it feels kind of kind of texturized isn't it yeah, yeah. i don't know what um, it is though but it is yeah. cool yeah it's, it's really nice case um and it's got the uh, micro sd card at the slot so essentially you i mean you'll watch the watch the video it all explains all about it um and it's also my tea time with tim section as well so again it's it basically tea time in tea time with tim has been done as a video um nice. so i've done done both so we've got the audio segment for the show and we've got a video that's going to be released um in time for we, the show yeah cool. we we believe that should be our first pixel guide in youtube released video yeah if i'm not mistaken yeah beautiful yep. beautiful um, um so we're kind of heading that direction i'm excited yeah. as well so so I was hopefully going to, I mean, I can, I can show you briefly, but you probably won't see me on camera. Um, it's a, it's an audio show. So if you want to talk like distantly from the camera, that's exciting. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me see if I can get this working. Hang on two seconds. Um, in the meantime, let me go ahead and provide the entertainment for the listeners. <laughs> Is anybody enjoying this? <laughs> Almost there. Are you ready there. yet? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. There, hurry. Yeah. I thought, I thought Eric might throw some beats down underneath that. <laughs> Hang on. All right. So, so uh, just, just to explain, I've got OBS running um, and I've got the Jaguar set up running through that. Um, and I'm just trying to bring it into Skype. Oh boy! This yeah. gonna there's no way this could go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> this, is go. Go, this is gonna right. go perfectly. OBS camera. Let me talk into my COVID hole. Bill Gates, make this work. <laughs> Bill Gates, can you see it yet? Not nope. yet. Right now, I see a little picture, of, a thumbnail of you from probably eight years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bill Gates, make this Skype work. 
How about hey! now? Is that working? It's yeah. backwards, but it, it's there. It's backwards, but we can get okay, the Okay, I can reverse that. Hang on two seconds. Are you going to flip I it have reverse the, it? I have the technology. Uh, flip, reverse it. <laughs> we have the technology. Reverse the curse. Hey! There we go. Hey! There we go. Yeah. Wow. See, technology. It's great, isn't it? It works. Well, sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, in this case, sort yeah. Sort of. <laughs> okay, right. so... It's, now it's reversed for me, so I've got to... So as as Tim would say in this case, this is a very visual thing. Yes, it is. So we'll have to explain <laughs> so, this very so well seeing, to the audio listeners. So we're seeing the Jaguar on at the moment, um, yeah. and it's uh, got the uh, the sort of like the, um, the game drive menu, uh, so you can select uh, games. Um, I've got... It's split up into a few different games. Oh, Attack um, of the Mutant Penguins. How can you not check yeah. th- that particular game? I heard Atari Karts was really good. <laughs> that, I've heard good things about that one, actually. Atari Karts is, is not too bad. It's not too bad. Um, Which is actually what, a, a, gl- a gl- glaring um, endorsement for an Atari game. It's right, not yeah, too not, bad. Not too bad. <laughs> should, should we go with that one, Alien vs. Predator? Because I've there not even had a look at this one yet. There you uh, go. As I said on our genera- generation, 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 that was the number one selling game on Jaguar. Yeah, it was. Jaguar. Which, I don't know how to pronounce that. Jaguar. Make it Jaguar. three. Make it three syllables. So this is a four meg cart. So it's taking a little while to load into the ROM. Yeah, Ooh. that's nothing. But we'll get there in a minute. And this is your most favorite yeah. introduction <laughs> ever <laughs> on the Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the loading screen is showing. Here's the uh, random like Comic Sans like, yeah. Atari logo. <laughs> oh man! And now we've got a black screen. There we go. There Alien we there you go. Alien versus, Alien versus Predator. Predator. So yeah, there you go. There is the Jaguar SD, uh, the the game drive. Now, do um, you know where he's at? I know his goal, and he's been working hard at it and having some success in getting this the uh, Jaguar CD games working on that thing? Um, no, not yet. Um, I don't don't think... Um, what was he working on? Because um, the cartridge won't pass through at all with um, with that in there. So you, if you got the if you got the Jaguar CD connected up, um, it won't, won't pass through. And I, I don't I don't think he's got that. Um, if you have a look on the Retro HQ website, um, Retro HQ uh, products and Jaguar Game Drive, it says, uh, yeah. Uh, Atari Jaguar without the CD installed. Um, the thing that they are currently looking at is doing the Jag link. So you can link Jaguars together and all that sort of thing. But um, that's not supported at the moment. But I don't I, know whether I, they've actually got any plans for the CD or not. My, my understanding was that he is working on having some success, although not commercially available yet, where you will be able to just load a Jaguar CD ROM into that cart and we can just play Jaguar CD games. Oh right, okay. Um, I don't cool. see any reason why not because the the only limitation would be the size of the media which that cart right. could attain. Yeah. Well, it's it's also the the FPGA on board, I guess. Whether it's actually got all the technology to do all that, because there's probably a fair bit more uh, chips to emulate that's in the Jag CD side of things. We have um, the technology. Yeah, 
yeah so I, I i guess it's if if it's all you know if there's a decent fpga chip on board then i guess it's it's possible um but um we know how expensive things like the um uh what is it the the one for the pc engine and the one for the mega drive the mega sd yeah um, add in fpga yeah yeah adding the fpga to get all the the cd stuff working is is quite intensive but yeah if he if he gets it going then fair play that'll be awesome well i'm officially jealous because i've been waiting for this thing (laughs) i want to play all the terrible jaguar games and i don't know why exactly but i just do who wouldn't? It's it's been killing me these last couple of weeks because I've been working on the video and I've been working on the video in sections. Finally, then get the Jaguar Jaguar out, then get time to shoot the video of actually, you know, going through it, connecting it up, and then getting to a point where like right, I've done that, and then I need now to move on to the SD, and <laughs> so it's, it, it was kind of like sat there for about a week before I actually got to the point where I could plug it in and use it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh eric do me a favor underneath yeah. my master system there is a box can you hand me that box real quick this one yes my next item here on catching up um if you guys listened to uh well me just a an hour or so ago i talked about some games that i've been playing and one of those games is alex kid 3 yeah which uh did you guys play that at all i did i played a uh, probably an hour and a half of it tim uh, I haven't had a chance yet. No, unfortunately. It's well. Spoiler alert! It's brilliant. I yeah. love it. I absolutely love it. Um, unfortunately, it was true to the original Alex the Kid game because the buttons for jump and for a punch, yeah, were reversed for one of my used to, and I cannot handle. I just can't. Hang, I can't hang with it. Yeah. So I went ahead and grabbed a couple of my little DB9, a female and a male connector. Yep. And I wired it, and I just basically took the the one pin for punch and jump and flipped them so that I could plug this little device, which I'll show in the camera here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, gotcha. I plugged that into my master system, and now the buttons are reversed, so it works for me. That's awesome. So I made my own little peripheral. And then, Eric, what did I shove in there so it becomes a solid little unit? Suguru. Suguru. I knew it. I could, I could see it right off the bat. And it worked great, right? Yeah. It works. I love it's Suguru. It's a solid little uh, chunky bit now. but Nice. But, so now I'm in a game where I need those button, two buttons to be reversed, I just pop this in, pop my controller in it, and now That's they're really reversed. Cool. So I got all hacky. Your first use of... My uh, life hack. Your first big use of Suguru. Yep. Absolutely. And I actually went as far as ordering parts to see if I could make a little device where I pop it into both ports. Yeah. And then it gives me two more ports. Yeah. And then I can just do A-B switching between both ports. Right. So I'm gonna, that's my next thing. That's cool. And uh, I think there's got to be more, more than me out there who are like, I need to switch these buttons constantly. Right. So maybe I'll make a little uh, run of them and actually try to provide something to the retro community besides my complaining and talking into a microphone <laughs> we'll see we'll it. see <laughs> we'll see that's really cool so for the next thing that i had um for the every as people that have listened to the show know that i am a big mr fan the big yeah, mr the fpga mr but that re- should be the logo when it starts up because mr mr yeah. <laughs> Shows a picture of me on like a cube. Um, 
But two new cores have released. One is the Spectrum Next, which cool, is really me. cool. So, like, I, I have ordered the Spectrum Next, and I'm waiting for it to come later in this year, but I don't have to wait anymore. I have a Spectrum Next built into my mister. Lucky dog. And uh, the other one was the Atari Lynx core. So I have, Yeah, that's like, cool. So Both I, I played cool. I played a few games on the Atari Lynx. Like, I, I know I tried Raiden, which goes into the landscape, or uh, Tate mode, and it works really well. It was really a pretty neat experience. But the Spectrum Next, I actually went and bought. Like, even though I think my Next comes with baggers in space, like as a as an add-in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I went and bought like because I want to support the community for the Spectrum Next. So I went and bought like baggers in space, Tiberian, Warhawk. Those three games are great. Yeah, and I I, I did play them uh, when I first got it, and and I wish I had had more time with them, but I didn't. But I played them all and. The games on the Spectrum X are amazing. I mean, the graphics, the sound. I'm really looking forward into getting into more of the games for the Spectrum Next. Um, I, so I, I've tinkered with it on the Mister, and so far I'm loving everything I see about the the Next. So I'm really looking forward to my real system with the real keyboard and all that stuff. But I'm loving it so far, and and have been playing it. You know, playing it as much as I can. Oh, what's Tim doing? Tim's grabbing at stuff. <laughs> oh, what's he doing? Speaking so, of me, speaking of the next, <laughs> <laughs> so, something that I mentioned on the last show. I don't know if anyone rec- <laughs> picked up on it or not. <laughs> is uh, yeah, we are now Soul, so, Force. Soul Force buddies. <laughs> Both Tim and I have it's our physical here. copies. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, did you get all the ships? No, I got I got one ship with mine. So really quick for the listeners, this is Soul Force Commodore sixty four game from Sarah Jane Avery. Tim and I both went ahead and bought the physical version, although he had to one up me and buy all of the ships, which you yeah. get these cool little cardboard cutouts. So Tim has all these cardboard cutouts which build like a three D the three D ships that are in Soul Force, right? There you go. There's I mean, one I, l- I love this kind of thing. This look kind of origami. <coughs> I've, thing. I've got two. I've got two of one of them. I've got two of the radar war boat. So in the next package, I'll send that one over to you, Eric. There yeah, you go. The radar war boat. These yeah. are really cool. I, I, I just think those things are so neat. This thing did is such get, a cool package. It did really you get, is. Um, did you get the outrage soundtrack with yours? What? No, no, I got I got that with mine as well. That's because you. Uh, that's because you you waited longer for it. Therefore, you got more goodies. <laughs> Protovision. Protovision. <laughs> no, Protovision did an awesome job on this. The manual, the manual. I'm looking at the manual. Super nice manual yeah. with little images of every single uh, zone on there. Yeah, um, I, was, I, check I, spent, out, I spent about five minutes looking through the through the manual. It's really nice, and I, got and I did the, get. Did you get the Soul Four soundtrack as well in yours? No, I have no soundtrack. Nothing wah, like that. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, you got a soundtrack? Do you have that Price is Right thing? Protovision. You don't have that. <laughs> any, you don't. You Protovision. Price is Wrong button. No, yeah, I didn't. Price is Wrong. Come I, on. I'll just go boo. I can. Get, or I, here you go. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, you, mine. You, you gotta have the Price is Wrong soundtrack on there all the time. I, I love that. I need bah, to get bah, that. Bah, 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 I need to get that back on here. But no, I got the manual. I got the uh, 
the one ship, the, ship, the, the war ship, ship yeah. whatever it is, the yeah. radar war boat. Um, yeah. And then I got this uh, like three inch diagonal circular sticker that says Soul Force that I'm going to put straight on my Lotus. Yeah. Yeah. Just stick yeah. it right on the back. <laughs> exactly. Next to the, the my. Uh, um, do you guys do that in England? Do your schools give out um, bumper stickers to your kids that say, My child is an honor student? To like yep. brag to all the other parents. Yeah, that's a thing over here. Yeah, we don't. Okay. Uh, I've never done that in my life. <laughs> yeah, but th- they do that. If your kid is an honor student, you get a bumper sticker so you can put on the back of your tr- your car or truck or whatever. My my kid is a you know Franklin High honor student. It's ridiculous. I don't stick okay. anything in my car like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No Americans anyway. are dumb. I get it. Okay. So thank you very much, ProTivision. You did an awesome job. Yes, I had to wait a little while for mine. And yes, it was sour grapes a little bit on the last episode. Well, no, <laughs> I'm was, sour grapes. I, I don't want I the seeds. I was bummed out that Cody got his soundtrack. <laughs> I want all the extra ships. <laughs> and I want one of each game you have, too. Cody didn't get the soundtrack. <laughs> but, any, but anyway, yeah. I mean, my, my, my personal experience, like I say, that a couple of orders that I've had from ProVision have been delayed. That's my personal experience. I'm sure other people have not had that, um, and they've had amazing quick delivery and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I had to wait for Sam's journey, and I had to wait a while for this one. Yes, there were. I know there were extenuating circumstances, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Um, Thank you very much, ProTivision. Awesome great, job. Great package. And great package. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. ProTivision, you're the shiznit. <laughs> That's borderline. Uh, yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. So moving on, Ch- uh, Cody, channel F for fun. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of shizzle, isn't it? Um, for shizzle. I tried to get my tra- channel F working. Okay. Yep. That, that's the, that's so the I asked up story. about that. That's like, all she like the last show I asked about that, I was like, hey, did you ever, what's going on with your, I so, want to know. Because so like, the F stands for fun. It, and it's so fun working on the channel <laughs> yeah. F. As so we know. I broke it down into roughly 472 parts. Okay. So I could try to get it working. Now, I was <laughs> able, the RF signal is completely destroyed. Okay. Um, now, real quick, for people who might not know, channel F was like a predecessor to the Atari 2600. Um, which it was the first cartridge-based video game system. So if you don't put a cartridge in it, you play four terrible versions of Pong (laughs) called, like, tennis and football and soccer, and I don't know what but they're all Pong, and you can put cartridges in it. Yeah. So um, I'm like, I want to get this thing working. Now, if you guys also remember from a few episodes ago, about a year ago now, I bought this from a... um, I don't know if this is an English word or not. I bought this from a tweaker. Oh, do you remember this? Yeah. I, I, I know what tweaker means. Okay, I know. I'm from Realinda. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Aaron and Boat know what I'm talking about here too. Um, I bought this from a guy who was clearly addicted to white drugs, methamphetamine, and <laughs> and um, anyways, he sold it to me for thirty bucks. Yeah, which is a great deal. It is even not working. Thirty bucks in a baggie. <laughs> yeah it did it literally did come in a large like freezer ziploc bag um came with one cart with no label on it but i knew this thing there's not a lot of these yeah I'm like i'm gonna take pretty it rare. if it's working or not honestly it's so archaic i'm probably not gonna play it for fun very much it's more of a historical piece i just want to have it yeah. see if i can get it working 
Um, it looked like it had been outside, not in the rain necessarily, but like maybe under a tarp for years. Or in a shed or something. Because yeah. it had built up moisture and there was water damage. And yep. Let's see what I can get out of this thing. So I went out there, pulled the, everything apart, pulled the board out, cleaned it up, washed it down, tried to dry it up, um, replaced a few things that looked suspect but not terrible. The RF still won't work. However, if I use some alligator clips and tap directly into the video signal and connect it to some uh, you know, little... Comp- RCA composite jacks that I have, I am able to get a signal on my screen and it does play. So the games do play on it. Um, they're very fuzzy. They're not pretty and I can't get sound yet. But it tells me that the important part of the circuitry, which is the yeah. you know the, the processor and things like that are working. Not sure why I can't get sound yet and I'm going to try to clear up the video somehow. But um, I'm kind of at the edge of my ability at this point, so... If you guys have any pointers out there in Pixelgate inland, please, yeah, please let me know. I would love to get this thing working, um, but that's where I'm at at it. Was, it was fun, yeah. You know, have you looked into like uh, mods that will make a composite mod or something? Maybe you could bypass the RF modulator or something. Y- yeah, and where I tapped into it, it's before the RF modulator. So I it imagine is. there is there any composite mods like complete composite mods? There, are, there are some. But it's not, um, again, the system is not terribly uh, prolific. Or well-documented. Or yeah. well-documented, so yeah. there's not very much. There's one or two things okay. out there I've seen, and they're all kind of conflicting. So yeah, it's a little, again, if you if if I saw a guide out there, it's like, you do this, you do this, I could follow it. But this is a lot of uh, me trying to figure out exactly what the heck is going on here myself. Right. Which isn't going to get me too far. But I got a signal. So cool. that's cool. I got a signal. So it kind of works. It, it works kind of. It, it's like the ColecoVision I have in my box of dreams at home. <laughs> I have this like ColecoVision which barely works, but like the and the video looks horrible, but it works. I mean, I can play yeah. games on it, but the video is so bad. I have no idea where to go from this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's I imagine it's pretty similar to that. Gotcha. So I don't know what happened to Tim here, but I'm going to continue on here. So I'm going to get the first thing out of the way here real quick because I added this as a secondary thing. Um, I bought The Division 2, which isn't a retro game, but it's a game I've been playing this month. I actually really like the first... Yeah, you talked about it on the show. The like, Division. I yeah. actually think it's pretty cool. You you basically collect weapons and you upgrade them. It's almost like a little mini RPG, but it's in like a wasteland. And Wasn't this the one that when COVID first hit, you're like... The division is like dead on. Yeah, like, it's that's pretty happening. Much, it's pretty much like a it's a <laughs> it's a pandemic. Like yeah. like this virus is spreading across the the US and you you basically are this part of this like elite force that is trying to keep the political world up and running. Yep. And uh it's a, I I got a, I had a blast at a division one. I played it for maybe 15 hours and then I it does get repetitive, so I I I just didn't finish it or whatever and then I but I found the Division Two at Target for ten bucks, so I bought that. There you go. Okay. But the second thing was you put this on the list for me was Loop Hero. I didn't want you to forget about it because you made a big deal about it when this first came I out. I did, and I played Loop Hero for a good solid week, like every day, and I'd go to bed thinking about it, Loop and Hero. I would wake up the next morning and like play it like an hour before I went to work. I mean, I hadn't felt that way about a game in a very long time. But you said a week. About a week, so it died off. It did. It did die off. I, I will say that. Um, 
not that the game is bad, but I just got a little like I had to move on to other things to keep life moving forward. No, life is loop hero. Exactly, but loop we hero, must continue the loop. So it this this game is relevant to the show in that it is retro based. I mean, it is yeah, it's ret- very retro inspired. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the graphics, it's almost like very sixteen uh, bits. You know, kind of weird, see almost like CGA palette. Um, I would say it's very retro based, but it is a very interesting game where you go around this loop constantly and you get into battles and they're automated battles where you battle things. And then when you win those battles, you get certain upgrades to your armor and then you are trying to build the world out. The world basically in this game has disappeared and you are trying to rebuild the world by adding tiles based on the, it's like almost like a card game so you get these cards and you add tiles to the to to the world based on these cards and when you put tiles next to each other they have bonuses that actually do extra things so you really need to you kind of have to geek out on this game and go on websites and figure out which combos are better than others and and it really can consume a huge part of your life. And the, the, <laughs> what, the, what the benefit of this game has for me, like I played it for a week and really enjoyed it, and I still go back to it and play it here and there. It's a PC game on Steam. But I, 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 I wrote about it on Twitter, and like four or five people wrote me back saying, I'm addicted to this game, I love it. And yeah, that, I, that's saw really, that. I saw that. That's really the benefit of the game to me. Like one of my favorite podcasts is The Retroist. And okay. like he he private messaged me and said, "Hey, I love this game. I'm playing it. Look, look at this world I built. And I looked at it. He's way ahead of the in the game, way further than I ever got. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, that kind of thing. I I kind of dig that when when I when I recommend a game and someone really loves it. So it got to the point where I saw all that and I had to yeah. jump in myself. I yeah. gave it a shot as well, and uh, I could see how it gets there. I haven't got there yet. Yeah." Um, I played for a good probably three hours. Yeah, knowing that the further I got, the more I kind of it kind of clicked yeah. more, but n- it never was a full on for me. Um, that being said, I probably put three or four hours into it before I'm like, wow, I put three or four hours into it. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of watching this guy go in a circle. Yep. He, and you're more the it's more of a god game where you're planning things out for the guy. You're not the guy. Correct. But in the story, you are the guy. It's yep. weird. It's weird. Yeah, it, part of me wants to game, dig back I, into it. Part I of me wants to dig it, back into I, it. I, I, I totally think that when I have more time, because I got real busy at work, I think I'm going to jump back into it. And you can go on YouTube, and there are hours, uh, hours of content of people playing this and devising different strategies to it. And I love that about That's games. It's crazy how quick that much material popped up because it's only been out for at this point a month oh you can go find it's crazy hours and hours of of strategy about this game and it is very kind of based in the retro world because it's very retro looking but it is a modern game you get on steam on pc have you have you heard of this game tim loop hero um only from when you've been talking about it mm. oh did not have a job so do you did buy and it, live right? off of rice and pizza so you bought it Cody, right? I did buy it, yes. I, I think it's worth it. If you ever go back to it, I think if you get into it further and further, you'll you'll dig it. I could see it. I could see it. I'm not I'm not saying I don't like it and I wasn't in love with it. I wasn't in love with it, but I could see myself getting there. See, I think you would, because when I first played it, I thought, this is right up Cody's alley. It's a card game. 
but it's also kind of, kind of an RPG. Yeah. I mean, there is a card element to it. And the more cards you collect, you can keep them and you don't have to play them immediately. I mean, you keep them for strategy and place things in different ways. It, it really I is sp- worth looking at. I spent a couple of nights in a row with my PC attached via HDMI to my, yeah. my screen right here. Yeah. And just setting up a little side table so I could just sit there with my mouth. Because you only need a mouse. That's all you Nothing need. Nothing else. Yep. So I was just sitting there in my chair, my fat belly hanging out, <laughs> playing Loop Hero on the big screen, just left click, left click, right click, left click. Yeah. And it, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Okay. Cool. Very cool. So anyway, Tim, uh, speaking of... Uh, Loops of yeah. awesomeness. <laughs> Tell us about this. <laughs> yeah. You're this, not buying that this. one, huh? Okay. So, yeah, I've um, been sent by Futures 8-Bit a whole mess of games. Heck yeah. So I'm now the proud owner of pretty much all of the um, the Futures 8-Bit uh, 4.99 range tapes. Love um, it. So I've got uh, a big pile here. Wow. So we've got uh, Crazy Blaster on the Amstrad, Rodman on the Amstrad, Cheesy Trails, which by the way, is just an amazing game on the VIC-20. Uh, there's Rodman on the Commodore 64, Crazy Blaster on the Commodore 64, Rodman on the Commodore 16, Mr. Angry Dude on the Commodore 16, uh, Pump Kid on Ooh, the VIC-20, yes. and Rodman on the VIC-20. So there's there's Pump Kid. Yes. Love it. Brilliant game that is, isn't Great it? Great looking cassette, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's more. So we've got, um, what have we got? Spaceship minus one on the Vic 20, Pentagora on the Vic 20, Rodman on the Spectrum, Crazy Blaster on the Spectrum, Jetpack Jock on the Spectrum, uh, Pilot Attack on the Spectrum and, uh, Escape 2020 on the Vic 20. I hadn't even heard of that yet, but I saw it and I think I bought it. Do you know what? <laughs> This yeah. is a fantastic game. Is if it? you guys haven't played this, I would thoroughly recommend getting... That is an unexpanded Vic game, and it blows my mind. Wow. Escape it 2020. Is absolutely awesome. It is I really, try that. really good. It's kind of like... Um, uh, sort of like a bit like a Robotron maze exploring game, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, really good. And for unexpanded Vic, it's just like, wow. How, did, how on earth did he do that? Um, but also we've got um, Brick Rick Graveyard oh, Shift. Yeah. Yep, just came out. Yep, yep. I gotta, um, I gotta get that. I've been playing it. So this is um, this is something that I I had to hold back on for a while because I knew that this was all coming through because uh, Juan reached out to me and said, um, uh, you know, would do you think Rod would be interested in? Um, uh, publishing brick rick and i said absolutely yes definitely let's let's get it all together so yeah it took, so a, cool. took a little while um but so yeah now juan martinez is is being published his games are going to be published through future was eight bit that's awesome um, and i, but I and i noticed there's no tape in that cassette exactly Where is it? this 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 was so <laughs> exclusive <laughs> that i don't even have the tape for it because it was, <laughs> I, I got i got this um to promote before the actual tape was actually done and the reason why that was is we were still going through some bug fixing on the game um and uh yeah we we found a couple of little issues on the game before it luckily before um rod started doing some production on that 
Um, so that was good fun. So I was doing some beta testing on on the uh, the the release. Well, I, I suppose it was more. It wasn't. It was actually released, so it wasn't the beta version. But we were just doing some testing, and we found a couple of little issues. Um, the one one main one was with the sound. It's a weird one. Um, the com not Commodore. The Spectrum one twenty eight and the plus two grey. Um, the sound is lower on that than it is on the plus two A and the plus three. Hmm. Um, so we had to tweak the sound on that. So we were doing a bit of testing backwards and forwards on that. Um, and I think there was a, a bug on the game over screen as well, where it would freeze randomly. Um, so again, that, that was fixed. So did, did some testing for that. So yeah, that was, that's all good stuff. Um, and also I got some games from another company, which is, um, Phoenix Ware. Um, now this one's still sealed. I haven't had a chance to play this one yet, but I, I hear this is really good. So this is Neptune Lander on the Commodore 64. Oh, wow. Um, That's a new that game actually, that you can buy now, new? Yep. Yep. And that really? one got a, a Freeze 64 sizzler, that one. Even really? though Freeze, even though Finney says, I never do reviews, but he actually does reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I got to write that one down. I, I've never heard of that I one. I haven't heard of those. Neptune yeah. Lander? Nept- Neptune Lander, yeah. Neptune Lander Elite and uh, an Amiga game, Dodgy Rocks, which is I one know of you my like favorite. that one. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. this game. It's really on good tape. Uh, no, no, this is Amiga, so it's it's on on disc. It's just in in a tape box. That's what I, that's what I was trying to figure out. I'm like, why is yeah. it a tape? <laughs> yeah. No, it's just just in a in one of those double double tape boxes. Um, and yeah, no, that that works. Um, that's really cool. So that's a couple of my pickups. Very cool. So, Eric. I might have a few of those coming myself. I finally delved into the uh, cassette oh. world, even though I have no way to play them. Yeah. <laughs> Yet. So, Cody, what have you got with your v- some more vintage store finds, I, I see? Yeah, so I'd already mentioned the, the 800, but again, my wife and I like to do that fairly regularly, drive out and check out old places. So, another place I found... Um, had some vintage stuff, not necessarily great, amazing deals necessarily, but cool things I wanted to pick up. So uh, these are not very common, so I was so glad to find Inbox, even though it's kind of beat up here. This is a uh, Channel F cartridge Inbox. Nice. So if I can, if I can get that Channel F working well, that's pretty amazing that you, you that you could find that anywhere is pretty amazing. Yeah. So there it is in the bright yellow cartridge. It's video cart number twelve. Wow, that they look like eight tracks, don't they? Yeah, they absolutely do. They do, and they, that one's in pristine shape. The That's cartridge nice. itself is the box, you know, is torn half and well, the, yeah, pretty much but in half. I mean, but maze the box has even survived. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and actually, what's kind of cool about it? Um, I don't know if you can see there. It's got the original price tag. Oh, cool! Yeah, nice. so I don't know what store that is from, but it Sears That's- or I don't know whatever. It's got like this kind of old school uh, price tag, nineteen ninety five original cost on that back in i don't know 77 or whenever it was that's funny i was just about to ask where did they sell those what stores did they I sell? i don't even them? know i was I negative six sears and sears and jc pennies maybe yeah, and probably those kind of stores yeah big yeah. department stores mm. um yeah. but this is video cart number 12 which apparently is baseball yeah of course and I'm looking on the back, and that does not look like baseball. 
<laughs> it looks like a bunch of like castles on a hill. I don't know what that is. That's not baseball, but it's baseball. Baseball, baseball. was different back in the 70s. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> rounders. This is the game of rounders? Exactly. <laughs> More um, castles, less hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so at the same store, because it was in that same... Um, yeah. It's funny because I looked at that whole store and they had like every hobby I love, like everything from music to records to video games to like everything I love is in that store. Even some like guitars and amplifiers. Like it was just weird. Right. Um, and I, but everything was overpriced. But then I found this one glass box, all this stuff was in and it was like so old they didn't overprice it. They priced it correctly. So I got my first inbox uh, Atari 2600 game. Oh, nice. Pitfall, Pitfall yeah. Which, which honestly I haven't even opened yet. So let me just see if, how it looks in here. Yep, there you did go. You, did you see my Intellivision Pitfall? You know what? Yeah. Uh, did you see that? Did I show you that it. before? Yeah. yeah, a couple of episodes. Yeah, ago. I think okay. I saw it. It's yeah. up there. It's exactly the same box design. Yeah. All right. I, you guys, I just realized this right here on the show. This is not Atari Twenty Six Hundred Pitfall. No, what is it, that? It's not. It's because that's a different box design. Is that Intellivision? This is Intellivision. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, look at this thing. <laughs> I didn't even look, but look at that. Yeah. That's a television. Wow! Yep. Good. Um, well, it's great game. That's super cool. Yeah. Now I don't have any. I don't know if it did or did not ever came with the uh, the inserts. But um, yeah, and it's in solid shape. That is so cool. Oh, he Tim has go. the inserts. Oh, you have the insert. I don't have the inserts, but I do have the manual and the box. So yeah, I've got, cool. I've got all that. I can't quite reach the box. It's quite high. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm going to have to give that a shot. I have not played that yet, so... Obviously. Because <laughs> I shoved it in the wrong machine if I did. Yeah. And <laughs> then... Work. I've always wanted one of these, and I've got it about the going rate, but it is the Atari Star Raiders in-box oh, with, nice. with the controller. Condition. With the box is a pretty amazing. Yeah, that's really in good nice. shape. Yeah. Um, so I, I have all of it now because Doug sent me a copy of Star Raiders with the game pad, with the, with the actual number pad. There you go. There's a number pad. Yep. And yeah. I have that now with the overlay because there's an overlay that fits in there. That uh, looks but I don't, new, Cody. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't have the box. That box looks amazing. It looks like yeah, it could have came off the like shelf new. yesterday. Yeah. I don't know. Let me we'll find out right here on show if I... There's the cartridge, which looks like new. Yep. Yeah. That's um, 2600, not in television. Correct. Right. But yeah, no, that's all I have. I have the controller and the game. I don't have the overlay or yeah. manual. Okay. So, but cool. Nice stuff. Excellent. And then the last but not least, I kind of told Eric about this. There was another little store out there that also didn't know what they have. Now, they had a few guitar pedals, which is not retro video game. Yeah. Um, but they way underpriced those things. So I picked those up. But I was digging through their records and uh, found this amongst their records. Wow. Which is a sealed inbox, well, in sheath, whatever, Amiga game. Now, how often do you find a sealed Amiga game? In the records yeah. bin, In too. the records bin, yeah. It was just sitting there between, like, Roy Orbison and, like, uh, yeah. Dan Fogelberg or something. It was just sitting there. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it's Sky Fox 2. That's a game that is nice. in, a, in one of those kind of EA-style, record-style con- uh, boxes. Yep, you can yep. clearly fill the uh, three and a quarter or three and a half inch floppies in here, and then on the top of the seal here, they have a little sticker in the corner that says, you know, Amiga 500, 1000, or 2000. Requires Kickstart 1.2. Joystick required. Um, 
what's funny about it is, and I know this now kind of looking back, you look on the back and the pictures they put on the back of their Amiga game are clearly from the Commodore 64. Yeah. The Amiga <laughs> must it's, look it's better the, than it's that. The, it's the same box, yeah. 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 So that's kind of funny that they would advertise a crappier looking game for a system that actually makes it look much better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I played Sky Fox uh, as a kid. I had a pirated copy of it and I played it. It was a fun game. So. Oh, okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. I'm not I've, opening it. It's sealed. So. Right. <laughs> I've, I've just got a copy of Sky Fox on disc coming to me at the moment. Do you? Okay. Yep. There's one I've been looking for a while. Very cool. Very cool. So for the next thing, I'm, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this one because this is what my segment is about, is the Game Boy Player. But I, I kind of take a first look at it for my segment because um, I did devote a lot of time this month to uh, Game Boy stuff, or, or GameCube stuff, I should say. The GameCube really has a very thriving community for add-ons and really? peripherals and things like that. Surprises me. Much more because the GameCube is one of those consoles I don't I never really got into. Like I never owned an original one and even as a retro collector I got a bunch from like Shop Goodwill, like a lot of them, but I never really got into it. But as I get further into it I'm realizing that there really is a thriving community in there and the Game Boy Player, I cover in my segment, so listen to that if you can, but I loved it. I, I, I loved diving into the homebrew with the, like the GBI things, the yeah. additional controllers, playing those Game Boy and Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games on one system was really a lot of fun, um, diving into that. But another another thing I wanted to cover was... I made a mistake. Like, the GameCube that I modded with my Xeno GC chip when we were all doing it, mm -hmm. it worked. I installed it, and it works fine. It, everything's fine with it. But it didn't have the serial port 2 in it. Yeah, you mentioned that before. I didn't know that, that they made some without it. So they had a cost-reduced GameCube where it didn't include this this little serial port 2. Okay. So I modded kind of the wrong one, like in my collection. <laughs> so I had three GameCubes, two in the garage, one that I used. And the one that I picked was just the better looking cosmetic one. Yeah. And it works great. I have no complaints about it. Now, the other two, I had one that had a bad CD drive or DVD drive. Mm -hmm. And then I had one that actually worked, but did not have the serial port on the bottom, the, gotcha. the high speed serial port. So what I did was this month I decided to Frankenstein the two together, <laughs> and that's why I ended up with this. If you guys could see this, it's like a two-tone one now. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I installed the bottom that's, one with good. the silver top. Yeah, and this one has a working CD drive, works just great. But also it has finally. This is the mistake I made. I bought this when you when you talked about this, Cody. You talked about your SD2, SP2, like the, the little card well, you can yeah, install yeah. that it lets you play this SD card. Um, I bought this like on eBay, and I was like, I'm going to put this in my GameCube. I I got it in the mail. I go to install it in my, my other GameCube, and, and there's I no realized hole. there's no hole for it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? And so I go out <laughs> in my garage, and I find one that has it, but it has a bad CD-ROM. So I spent this month just swapping parts. Swapping part, yep. And yep. finally, I have I one it. that works with this. And um, 
I'm pretty happy about it because this is a really neat little add-on. Yeah, it's cool. But this one doesn't have the mod chip in it. So what's interesting is to boot Swiss, I just use my action replay, which is in here right here. Which, by the way, this thing, I bought this, I bought my action replay disc for $24.99 on eBay like a few years ago. That disc is worth a ton. <laughs> this disc is worth a hundred bucks right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's freaking crazy to me. That's but nuts. anyway, so I have the action replay. But anyway, I Frankenstein one where I can actually boot off the SD2, SP2, like a SD card solution. But I, I Frankenstein this guy together. So I basically spent a lot of time on GameCube stuff, which I'm glad I did because I learned a lot. Um, Not playing it, but working on it. <laughs> exactly and i'm yeah. hoping that next month i'll get to play a little bo- little more on it so anyway so what's cool, what's cool. next on the agenda here so Tim? i've um yeah i one of the one of the only apart from my um jaguar game drive is i i got a pickup with a few commodore 64 games nice um, so some of them are, are sort of like the you know they're quite um early games so there's one there like pilot 64 um, yeah that's like 1983 something like that one that one um johnny reb <laughs> johnny reb wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> civil war game over there yeah, in england i love it. it uh vortex raider which is another one that's interceptor software with their really dodgy artwork um i've got quite a few of their games and yeah leaves a lot to be desired uh armageddon which is a very early ocean game that's cool um scramble 64 which is another interceptor micros funnily enough i loaded this one up and uh, you can you can seem to um control the ship but i couldn't work out how to actually fire so uh, i, I turned is it anything like scramble like the konami game scramble yeah 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 it's it's like a like a scramble clone yeah um and there's this one 3d tanks now i would recommend giving this one a go because this is actually a really good game um it's it's pretty much like it again you can't really see it on the box for for the listeners but um it's uh there's tanks shooting each other yeah it's, it's, but it's it's a tank you're you're sort of like in the tank and then there's tanks that sort of like go uh, left to right on the screen and you've got to change your turret elevation to um hit the tanks um but it's just one of those simple little games and i just i just i just lost about an hour to that game just playing it's just really silly <laughs> um and then there's this one um it's literally that oh. And that is an original, uh, very early um, game called Hit and Run. And it's, um, again, for, for the listeners, it's not got any nice production, no artwork on the front or anything like that. It's literally just a, a hand-typed label. Um, and uh, the game is is recorded on there. And it's, um, yeah, it was just a done by a... a white label called... with about four lines of like uh, typewriter yeah. text on it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's done by a company called Bitewell in Barry in South Glamorgan. Um, and uh, it's actually a text adventure. So it's, again, nothing really exciting, but um, yeah. Um, and then there's uh, Graham Gooch's Test Cricket, which I almost sent you, actually, Eric. <laughs> Test Cricket. I would have loved to learn how to play cricket because I don't know. Um, and Bulldog, which is uh, a shooter that, that I like cool. in Commodore 64. Yeah, Great looking yeah. cassette, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a nice, nice game that is. And uh, one of the holy grails for me that I've been looking for for ages is Commando. Yeah, um, by Elite. That's a great this game. Is, this is quite rare in so fact that it's in this bigger clamshell yeah. case because uh, normally it comes in like the small cassette case. Um, yeah, but this this one's in really great shape as well. So if I open it up. Oh, you uh, broke it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's got, got the tape there all in nice condition, but it's even got the original Visa receipt. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so the original credit card receipt. Handwritten so, in like, yeah. Yeah. So, and the, the other good thing is this must have been done as mail order because it was done by a, um, a computer shop that I remember called Shikana in London. Um, and, uh, they've written the address on here as new key Cornwall as in N E W K E Y. And it's actually spelled N E W Q A Y new key Q U A Y. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's quite literal on the spelling on that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that so would do. <laughs> yeah, so that that was really cool because I, I was really chuffed to find that one, and that all came in a a whole bunch of stuff, and that commando just by itself, even a sort of like a you know a, a more of a janky box would probably go for around yeah. about twenty five thirty pounds. So this one probably you know. Uh, upwards of you know 35 maybe 40 pounds for that one and i think i paid 25 quid for the whole lot so nice love it love it uh quick one for me i have a retro tink mini coming which means i am getting myself set up to make some videos long story short yay Uh, if you guys haven't heard on the show it is a device that allows me to uh plug in composite video or S video from an old retro system and have HDMI out so that I can record it into some software. Yep. Yep. That's at least my primary use for it. So that's on its way. And I use that same device to play, actually play games. Um, I haven't even tried to record, but um, I've heard that it is the de facto way to do it very well. So, and Tim has a different solution. I can't remember the name of it right now, but another one that's supposed to be pretty darn good too. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's not too bad. It does the job. There's a bit of a lag on it. Um, What's it called again? It's, uh, it's, called it's, the, it's called the Bobby Dazzler 2000. Ah, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> no, no, th- this is the Bobby Dazzler 2001 with the, the, with the Go <laughs> oh, Faster stripe one. on it. <laughs> the new one, okay. No, these are, this is sort of like um, a, a generic make. I mean, you can get them on Amazon and all that sort of stuff for around about um, 30, 40 bucks, something like that. Um but um yeah it does the job but they do have a tendency to overheat um so you oh. don't want to use it for too long what's it called uh, though again i, I remember the it's name just, it's just a an hd video converter but the good thing with it is oh. that it's it's got scar on it it's got um hdmi uh you can choose the different resolutions you can also it'll also do pal and ntsc um but yeah, for uh, quite it's surprising how many streamers actually use this. But the thing that really bugs me with it, and you'll you'll see this in the video, and you might have seen it on the streams, is when you turn your console off and back on again, um, it comes up with this great big box at the bottom left hand side showing you, you know, what the uh, input is that you're currently on at the moment and the, your resolution, and that's all I've very seen, nice. I've seen but, that, yeah. 
yeah but it stays on for like a minute or something like that and it's just so annoying you and there's no way to switch it off it's just there it's just oh it just drives me nuts <laughs> <laughs> speaking yeah. of new tools for the trade eric yeah, so the, all that GameCube work I've been doing, I actually lost the driver bit that I had when I did my original mod chip. Like, I have no idea where the driver bit went. So I, I was like, okay, this is a good opportunity to get a new like a new driver bit. But as I researched it, I found that there's this really cool thing from iFixit, which is a great website. They teach you how to like open and... They teach you how to open like different systems and phones and and computers yeah, do, and everything. Do some good walkthroughs through the Macs, don't they? Yep. So this is just a nice little kit that includes a ton of drivers for video game systems. Nice. Um, it it just a ton of different like pry tools and tweezers for very delicate electronics work. Cool. So I went and grabbed this little tool kit. I think it was like around fifty bucks, but. I, I really just wanted to have something that had everything consolidated into one. Nice, yeah. And then I've been doing a lot of, like, I'm gearing up to do a lot of soldering work, so I bought this little crazy, I bought this at Target, it was like <laughs> 14 bucks, but it's like a little head thing that has a little light on it. Mm -hmm. Got your headlamp. So it's like <laughs> yeah. a little headlamp for soldering. See that, Tim? Wow, that's bright. <laughs> that is very bright. But, uh... I actually use this for a couple of like delicate like like screws like de like taking screws out of the GameCube and stuff and it worked really great for my room so just a little tool tool infrastructure upgrade because I'm getting ready to to jump into a lot more soldering activities I still need to do all the soldering like the recapping of the CD32 Tim that you got me yeah. so like yeah. I, I I wanted to make sure I'm all set up to do that so. I love soldering yep so I'm getting getting ready to do that. So I like soldering. It's the desoldering I don't like. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Eric's getting all geared up. How about you, Tim? Yeah. So um, things are going to be changing in the retro room up here soon. Um, I've got some plans afoot and uh, there's also a couple of things that are going to be appearing in the next few weeks. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so some good stuff for the show coming up um don't cool. really want to say anything too much about it at the moment but um so yeah it's it's gonna, gonna be exciting i'm, I'm look, really looking forward to these next next few weeks when things start moving um yeah good stuff coming up so exciting. a whole lot of anticipation no substance for the listeners enjoy no, that <laughs> no no I'm not, I'm not giving anything away other than things, things are going to be changing in my retro room and um it will be good good stuff coming up for the show cool wow though all right well gentlemen i feel like we're caught up sufficiently yeah we are then let's battle shall we Wait, no 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 there's no oh. battle no battle? Six good games. Let's six good games, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> I do that every time. Yeah, six you did good games. Last, the last uh, game. The last uh, episode you did that Absolutely. last month. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's do it. Six good games. There's nothing exciting about saying six good games. Oh, I think it's a, it's good a battle. Game. All right. We did the battle. Well, this month we did uh, six good games. Yeah, this, and it's a little hard to explain, isn't it's it? It's hard to explain, and apparently it's hard to do because I think three yeah. of the six games on this list don't apply. 
We're going to give it a good <laughs> honest try. Including one of my own. Oh my gosh. We're going to give this a good honest try. So when try. I picked this out, I know in my mind I had two perfect solutions. Yeah. And then I forgot one of them. Okay. <laughs> um, six good games that have multiple gameplay styles in them. Yeah. And I, I kind of made a, a, a specific asterisk. Like, it's got, to, it's got to have, like, three different styles of gameplay in them. Yeah, it's kind of like a, what I would call a multi-format game, where within the game there are multiple different gameplay styles. And I think, Eric, I think you nailed it. Well, I tried. I think I got halfway there. With, I got definitely got there with one, and the other one, not so much. And, Tim, I have no idea how you're going to argue that these have multiple gameplay styles in them, but let's check it out. I, I kind of, like, say that they, they've got different gameplay styles. Well, certainly the first one has. All right, all right. Well, we'll get there. We'll I get haven't there. played the first one, so I'm eager to hear about it. Um, who's going first? Are we just going to go down the list? Let's just go right down the list. So, Eric, you go ahead and start with your number one pick there. So I picked the, the two games that I have I picked because they have pretty cool little backstories to them, but they are they do fit the bill for multi-gameplay games. So the first one I picked was when I first started, when I, I never had an original Nintendo as a kid. So like as an adult, I bought one. And when I bought one... We had this little get-together kind of party at my house. And one of the couples that came over, there was a woman there named Kristen, and she said, oh, it's an original Nintendo. I had one when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, cool. So what game do you want to play? I have an EverDrive, because I that was right after I bought the EverDrive. And I said, I have all the games. You can pick whatever game you want and we'll play it. And she said, I, when I was a kid, I played with my siblings and I played a game called Cobra Triangle. She did not say siblings. She did. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> but she said, I, I, I played this game called Cobra Triangle. And I was like, I've never heard of that game, Cobra Triangle. I thought it was like a G.I. Joe game because it was like the enemies were Cobra. Yeah. Um, but she was like, no, it was this game where you were a speedboat. And you raced around these little, like, water tracks, and you you did all these different kind of games. And so I booted Cobra Triangle up, and we played this game for probably three hours during the party, and, like, I couldn't get enough of it. Um, it is a game where you are a speedboat, but there are all these different types of games. There are simple racers where you race around and you try to beat the other speedboat. There are bomb-diffusing games where you have to drag these bombs into this detonation area, and you have to get them all in a certain time, so there is kind of a time limit, which is, as you know, is I, I'm really not a big fan <laughs> of. There are boss battles in this game where you actually have to fight a boss. Um, there are games where you have to save swimmers and bring them into like a safe zone where you go and you grab swimmers and you bring them back. Like Park Patrol. Yep, there are de- there are 25 different levels in this game and you th- and in most of them there are different like this one you jump on ramps and you have to collect these little buoys. Um this game is based on the the RC Pro Am engine. I can see that, yeah. So it is based on the Pro RC Pro Am engine but you are a speedboat and you go around and you do things. This game is fantastic. It's a blast. It's a lot of fun. And every different level does a different gameplay style. So that is my pick for my first one. If you haven't played Cobra Triangle, I definitely think you should. This is one. This is kind of a highlight on the net. You're both that fun. shoots, by the way. I don't think you mentioned that you shoot. You can shoot in this game. Yep. In certain <laughs> modes, some modes you don't shoot. 
So, Cobra Triangle. Check it out. And then I always remember this game because I did play it, uh, not back in the day, but when I first started doing emulation. Yeah. And I always remember the little, like, helicopter blade that pops out, and all of a sudden you're like... You get toted off. Yeah. But... Anyways. There was one other fact I wanted to... It it looks like the same style of gameplay, but with different goals every time. Yeah. I'm going to play Devil's Advocate and say, this doesn't quite fit my... Curriculum. Oh, I, I think it does exactly. Okay. Every there are different goals for every level, and they're drastically different. Some are race levels. Some are drag the thing to this area levels and times, and people are trying to kill you. I yeah. I totally think it does. One other thing I've wanted to think is this was made by the Stamper Brothers. Have you heard of them? They're like a. They're I've like heard that. A, I've heard that name before. Isn't that a British uh, thing? Tim. Tim. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Stamper Brothers. Why do you you say that sheepishly? Well, because that was a question in the quiz, wasn't it? Yeah, was it? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then um, this was, the developer was Rare, which is still around today. So, Well, the thing is, is this this game is, until you um, put that on the list and I had a quick look, I'd never heard of this game. And this is one game by Rare that I've never actually seen. And this just blown There's my a boss. mind this game it just looks amazing and yeah I, and this is a boss that you're fighting and so there are multiple bosses in this game it's a gigantic uh sea dragon sea serpent yeah. that you're attacking yeah. single screen uh, I, it's pretty I've cool al- i've always loved the rc pro-am game on the nes it's one of my favorite games on the nes and this is just brilliant i just love it i can't it's wait ba- to give this a go good i hope you do tim and bring it up next uh ne- next episode because i would yeah. love it if you played this because it's one of my favorite NES games now, and I never, I had never heard of it until this random no. person in my neighborhood brought it up. That's I don't crazy. think I ever get it. I never gave it a fair shake. I've I've heard of it before, and I've played a level or two, and I just moved on to the next. Yeah, but I think I should give it a fair shake. Looking at it now, I I see it changes a bunch. You know, it's not just a no. racer with a with the pea shooter it's not just racers because i mean there literally is bomb diffusion um save the swimmer there are, that's which is why i put it in the multi-game format i mean there are different you don't just shoot and kill things now real quick do you guys know can you guys imagine why i instantly see this game and think that looks british why i have no idea isometric Oh, you think? Okay. <laughs> it's isometric. Yeah, it is isometric. Like, You're right. Screams. Yep. Rare to me. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's what they did well. And, you know, they, yeah. they, they did some brilliant games on the NES for it. You know, like um, RC Pro-Am, for example. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic yeah. game. That's probably why, honestly, though, when I first tried it, that's probably why I tossed it aside as a meh. But I'll, I'll, I'll go back and give it a shot. It does look really cool. Cool beans. All right. So let's go down the list. Cody, what do you got for us? Oh, I'm next. You are next. Uh, My first one here is one that I absolutely suggest and uh, absolutely does meet the qualifications. Now I'm going to cheat a little bit. Um, The game is called Evil Land. Yeah. But there's two of them. Yeah. Evil Land 2 is the one I'm going to focus on. Um, But I do have to mention Evil Land 1, which apparently got very bad GameSpot scores. Um, so this game came out on Steam, and then Evil Land 2 came a little bit later, and it's now been released on everything, and, um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and put 2 in here. And basically, it is a game based on showing you the evolution of video games. 
Oh, I do remember this game. Um, I never played it, but I remember reading about it. Yeah, it is so cool. So I'll just show the official trailer here because it shows everything. But basically, you start out as a... It, the, the, the main line through the whole game is clearly an RPG, mm-hmm. like a top-down action RPG. Um, in the first game, it goes from, like, Game Boy graphics... And then as you go, you open chests and unlock, like, better graphics. Eventually, it goes to 8-bit and then color. And then it goes to 16-bit. And then all of a sudden, you unload a sound. You de- you open a soundtrack. It's like a shmup. There was a shmup level. Well, this is Evil Land 2, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, these, basically, you go through these different genres. But in the first Evil Land game, it's, it's RPGs. Okay. Um, you do get to play action RPG. And then it stops from time to time. And it becomes turn-based RPGs, like Final Fantasy. Yeah. So let's fast forward. That game is fun. You can beat it in about three hours. I enjoyed it. Evil Land 2 is where it's at, though, because now you're talking about so many different genres, everything from Game Boy to, like, this looks like 16-bit. Here we go. Now we're, like, 64-bit. Um, it goes, all of a sudden, it just goes to side, like, platforming. Here's a shmup level. Um, here's almost like a, a cave story-style game. Here's, like, a, a, a fighting fighter, game. A fighting game, yeah. He just hit under a box like Silent Snake and Metal Gear. There was Gear. a puzzle game. There was a puzzle. Yeah, I can't even... They're going so quick, I can't even give them all. And they're all brilliant. They're all really good. Um, some of the shmups are simple. Some of the shmups go horizontal. That's from, like, Dr. Leyland. What, what do you call that? The, um, I, I can't even talk quick enough. Like, I get excited just looking at this. This is like a history of video games all tied in with one universal theme, which is, like, this rpg uh, story that they're telling. Yep, it is so fun. It is so cool. You're constantly going, "Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's clever. Oh, that's cool." Um, it's not overly difficult. There's a challenge there, but like when you hit a, a level, like it's a fighting level. If you don't have fighting game skills, you'll get through it. Yeah, it might take you a couple times, but you'll get through it. Okay. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. Cool. It, you have to see it to understand. It certainly fits the format. I mean, there was I saw a ton of different gameplay formats. A ton of today. different, yeah. yeah. And they're super fun. I have it on Steam. Plug in a controller. Played it through on Steam. Loved it. Um, I think it came out on Switch and some modern systems now. I wouldn't mind buying it again if it was on sale and playing through it again. Yeah. It's been a couple of years. Cool. Evo Land 2. Evo Land 2. Evo Land. Tim, come on. What's what's Action Fighter? What does that mean? What does that mean to me, Eric Nelson? <laughs> so Action Fighter is a game on the Master System. Um, it was originally released on the arcade um, and then converted across onto the Master System. Um, it made across onto the other 8-bits like Spectrum and C64, also onto the uh, Amiga and ST. But for me, the real nostalgia on this one is um, it's a Master System game. And this is a game that just used to run in the first shop that I used to work in over and over again. People hmm. used to be playing this all the time. Yeah. Um, it's kind of uh, the, the, the reason why I chose it for this one. Maybe it doesn't quite fit the brief. I don't know. But hey, I like the game anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, sort of like a top down start off. You're like a it's best described, I suppose, is more of a, a spy hunter style gameplay. Um, so you've got to um, uh, drive along the road as fast as you can, shoot the cars um, and the bikes. Um, and you, um, as you go through the level, um, shooting more cars and bikes, you get uh, letters that drop down. You've got to pick up those letters, and those letters are A through to F. Once you pick up the last letter, you then transform into um, a um, sort of like your car 
transforms into a um, flying ship. So then it, the game turns into a sort of like a proper um, uh, horizontal shoot 'em up um, hmm. with proper waves and all that sort of stuff and a boss battle at the end of it. Um, really? And then each each wave is each section of the game or the the secret mission as it is in that um, is is done in that dynamic. Um, so and also because you've got um, you go from the bike <laughs> to the car. Um, and then like it's showing here on the screen at the moment. So you take off and then the game turns into like a proper full shoot 'em up. And it's a really good little shooter, especially for the master system. Not, you know, okay. It was limited at the time, but this is, you know, I think it's a really nice game. Um, quite fast paced. Um, and even the sort of like the Amiga, when they did the conversion over onto this, I, d I don't think it was really, uh, given a huge amount of time on the coding, if you see what I mean, it wasn't properly optimized. I don't think it slowed down on this section. The first section, the racing section, was pretty good, um, but you know the master system really hacks this one along. So there's a power up that he's just going to get there, um, and you got the bomb dropping as well. So you got yeah, the reticle targets as well, like Xevious, like Xevious yeah, kind of exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very very much like that. So I think this personally for me, this kind of fits the brief. Okay, it doesn't have lots of different game dynamics in it, um, you know, like multiple different stuff, but it's got those two different styles. It transforms um, from two different game styles. Yeah. Um, I think it so, fits. Yeah, I, I, and I, I absolutely love this game. Um, and it's, it's great, great fun to play. I want to see a boss battle. Master system game. It looks really fun. I, I have to admit, I've never heard of this game. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a good see, one. Yeah, here it's not scrolling anymore. No, I, I'd say it fits. And uh, when I first watched it, it all looked like I just was clicking through it and all looked like a like, scrolling shooter. Yeah. But I didn't see the Spire Hunter levels, which are legit Spy Hunter because you even go in the back of the truck for like power ups. Yeah. Yeah. You go in, yeah. into the back of the Sega truck, but you've got to pick up the, um, you then trans, uh, get different weapons. And, um, eventually the helicopter above you transforms you into a car. So it drops the transform pack down from the bike to the car. Um, the, the good thing, the thing is, is when you transform into the car, it really opens the game up because it's quite frustrating to start off with when you're the bike. Because although you're really quick on the bike, as soon as you hit something, boom, you're off the road. Um, so you've really got to get onto that to transform into the car quite soon. Um, the other thing is, is you've got a timer on this game. Um, but the timer is more sort of like a, a period of time where you've got infinite lives. So you can get, you can die over and over and over and again. Um, and then when the timer eventually runs out, it's not game over. You then get given two lives. So after that point, you can continue the game, but obviously you've only got then two lives to, to carry on with. Um, and, the, and you know, there's, I think there's about five or six different missions on this. So it goes on for quite a bit. Um, I like, like it. I say, it's it's re really nice, really nice game. I'm surprised you guys haven't played this one before. I've never seen it before in my life. I've heard about the I've heard about the game while looking through the EverDrive, and yeah. honestly, with the game like Action Fighter, it sounded so generic. I've just never tried it. Yeah, it's a very boring game name. Yeah, yeah, but it looks but great. It looks cool. Yeah, yeah it's great, great cool. fun. Cool. So the Action Fighter. So the the next game I have has a little backstory to it as well. Is this is a game that, I mean, picture Eric in the eighties. Please don't. Eric in the eighties. <laughs> Can you picture that, Tim? The mullet, 
You know? Did you have a mullet? Please tell me. <laughs> I did for a little while. Whitewashed jeans and a mullet? I, and... No, I never had whitewashed jeans, but I did have a mullet for a little while. But not, not for very long. Um, but the Cold War was in the back of everyone's mind. Reagan was really like in war with Putin. Well, not Putin, but uh, Gorbachev. Gorbachev. And the Cold War was active. And so there was this game called Raid Over Moscow, which I actually bought on disc. On, I actually bought it in store. I didn't pirate this one. And it is a game about you battling the Soviets in a nuclear kind of standoff. Um, hard to explain, but I had my... Uh, I, the, the guy that I talk about a lot as a kid growing up named Jesse... He would come over and we would play this game all the time. And there are multiple modes in this game. One is where you jump into these ships and you have to pilot them out of this these hangar doors, but you have to hold the button down to use thrust. to The button adjusts your a- attitude, like you, your thrust level of your of going up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just try to get out of the hangar. It looks easy on this video. But then once you get your ship out of the hangar, you move move into this mode. And this is like a, almost like a, it's not isometric, but it's almost like a like horizontal view, schmuck. It's like viewpoint. It's horizontal, but you can go up and down still yep, as there's, well. Yep, there's still, um, um, you know, like altitude or whatever. Now, the company that made this game was called Access Software, and they also made Beachhead and Beachhead 2, which were also multi-format yes. games. Um, so they kind of started the off making all these multi-format games. So basically, you, you go through this kind of, um, you know, sh- almost like a horizontal shmup, I guess. But then there are multiple levels after this where you become a, um, you're a soldier with a gun and you're shooting at this building and you're trying to knock the doors out. This one's another one where you have to, Get your fire into the holes of these silos. Hit them just perfectly. Hit them just perfectly. And then once you get past this, you move into the one where you're the soldier, and you're trying to blow up this like Kremlin-looking building, and then eventually you're trying to destroy these robots, which are dropping these coolants in these nuclear silos. <laughs> I mean, it goes through a bunch of different... Keeps going. I mean, this is like multiple different formats until you get to the game, and then... You just keep cycling through these as you get all of your ships out of that hangar, if you know what I mean. So, like, this game... Trying to get to a different one here. Yeah, there are... Yeah, there There it is. There's the Kremlin. So you're, like, shooting these snipers that are on the walls on each side, and you're trying to shoot, like, see the guy fall out of the the building. Yeah, that's pretty cool. (laughs) And you're trying to shoot these different things. So there are multiple formats in this game. There are, like, four or five different formats and you're basically trying to stop a nuclear war from happening between you and the Soviets. And the friend I had growing up, we would come over and we would play this game nonstop. We just loved every aspect of this game, like every little mini game that was in here, <clears throat> trying to defeat the game. And if I remember right, I don't remember how it ends, but I do remember we beat it. Like, we would beat it multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Those so were, cool. It was fun. It was, it was a great game to play. Um, just have a lot of good memories about it. So Access Software, this one's called Raid Over Moscow. There's Beachhead 1, Beachhead 2. Um, anyway, that's pretty much it. Great choice. It's, <laughs> I need to give these games a shot. They have a, the nice it's thing a about... There's a ton of nostalgia in this for me. I love these games. 
all the Beachhead yeah. series and this one. These were these were ones that were on top of my list, but um, I, I yeah. kind of knew you would you would probably sneak in with Raid or or pro- possibly Beachhead. This one looks a little tricky. He's actually throwing a disc that bounces off the wall and hits these robots that are on Sentry Patrol, but you have to bounce them off the wall. It looks like Tron Deadly Discs. Yeah, see, like like that one bounces back, but it didn't defeat him. You have to bounce it off the wall in the, the back. back wall. Yeah, you can only kill him from behind. It's funny because the gameplay from these old games was so creative like that. Like, that's yeah. so kind of niche that they wouldn't yeah. do that anymore. Like, so, you have to attack this guy, but you have to do it from bouncing off the back wall. So anyway, I just wanted to... I, I love this game. I, a lot of nostalgia growing up. Check it out. Raider from Moscow. Perfect solution. I love it. Awesome. All right, Cody, I, I, I want to hear this one. You got to tell me about it because I'm not convinced this is a multi format game, but I want to hear what you got to say. Well, I think I already talked to you ahead of the show here. <laughs> so when I picked this, when I picked this uh, particular uh, topic, yeah, I had a game in mind. Yeah. One was Evil Land, and another one was I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> yeah i had a great solution for this yeah i completely forgot it. i spent two weeks trying to remember it couldn't pick it today i'm just like shoot whatever gorf <laughs> which i i'm gonna get hate mail for this too doug's probably gonna hate me for this yeah doug's too. gonna nail you on this. i'm gonna pick this game because um it is a multi-format game and it is a game yeah um i certainly I would, a game cody you're right yeah <laughs> I, I that's the one part we'll agree with it's a game <laughs> i'm i'm going to fight myself on this one and say it's not a good game yeah and it's not really even a multi what's what's, what's what's the name of the segment again six good games six six games six <laughs> meh games that made an impression yeah. kind of we're gonna demote this to six games anyways the game is gorf <laughs> yeah which was so back in like 1982 or whenever this thing came out, yeah, 81, there was like four space shooters. And they're like, how are we <clears> going <throat> to compete with those guys? They already came yeah. up with like slightly different versions of a space shooter. I know. Let's well, put them all in one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well every four levels, you'll just go through all four of the games. That's right. Um, and that was Gorf. <laughs> uh, arcade game released by Midway, apparently in 1981, according to this YouTube video. And um, you literally start by playing Space Invaders, but they call it uh, Astro Blast, I believe. Yeah. Of course, if the video here would help me out, it would, it would get there quicker. Um, <clears throat> Did you ever so, play this in the arcades, the proper arcade version? No, I was uh, 12 years after this game. And, and, and by Tim, the time I was playing in arcades. So I never saw this in the actual arcades, but I do have a soft spot for this game. It was one of the yeah. first cartridges I got on the VIC-20. Me too. When I when yeah. I had that at home, and it was a fantastic Vic yeah. Twenty game, Vic Twenty cartridge, okay. first time. Yeah, I loved it. Well, I'm not going to cheat anymore. <laughs> I did pick the arcade version. Okay, and this is it right here. So the uh, quote unquote Space Invaders clone is called Astro Battler. Okay. So once you kill all those, uh, now the one thing it does do I like better than Space Invaders when you shoot. If your shot's bad, you don't have to wait for it to fly off the screen. You can shoot again. And, and it just aborts just, it. Yeah. yeah, it just disappears. It just aborts the missile, and that's the way it goes through with Gorth. Yeah. Yeah. So the you other start thing with, with Gorth that was, that was individual at the time is it's actually got speech in the arcade version. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so after that, there's a game called Laser Attack, which, to my knowledge, is actually fairly uh, unique. It's not a port, to my knowledge. 
Um, although it's still a single screen shooter, similar to Galaxian. Yeah. But there's like these laser attacks, which is probably why it's called laser attack. But when you beat that, you play a game very similar to Galaxian called Galaxians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, which is very much a straight ripoff, although very um, uh, difficult to control and kind of shuddery <laughs> in nature. It's a little slow. I Low that. frame rate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you finish beating Galaxians where these things are flying down at you in a very uh, Galaga slash Galaxian style. Um, and you get to... The fifth stage, which is called here, it is Space Warp. Space Warp. Which, honestly, I think is supposed to look more like... Um, uh, gyrus? Like kind of gyrus-y? No, gyrus you go in a circle around it. This, I feel like they're just trying to give you the visual look of... Shoot, what's it called? Camel Guy. Come on, Tim, you know. Attack of the Mutant camel. Yeah, that guy. Oh, uh, no, you're thinking Jim of Minter. Tempest. Tempest, thank you. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Jim Mint, uh, not Jeff, Jeff Minter. Jeff Minter, yeah. Tempest it's got a very, a very Tempest look, but the gameplay is still you shooting at, at guys coming out the middle of the screen this time. They go in weird patterns that are very circular. Yeah. But the uh, the light pattern that comes at you looks very Tempesty, even though the gameplay is not. Yeah. That is called Space Warp. And then it goes to a, a game, the fifth screen here, which is my favorite. Yeah, it's called I like Flagship, yep. which reminds me a lot of Phoenix, which actually is my favorite like single-screen shooter from back in the day. Because um, you have to break through a shield and then break through the ship's outer hull and then get to like the, its the little, little boss nuclear, inside, kind of like the pilot little, in the center. Yep, yep. it's a little so nuclear a core. crunchy core in the middle. Yeah, exactly. it's like a crunchy bar, and you got to get through that honeycomb. Yep. Um, and then uh, after you do that, you do all five levels again and again a little harder each time. Yeah. I think this qualifies. Now that I'm watching it again and I'm remembering things about it, it's definitely different in every level. They're right? all single-screen shooters, though. They're not well, completely but, different gameplay, but each level has its own twist. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it to you. All right. I'm not giving it to me, but you can. For, for the, for purely for the nostalgia aspect, and we all like it, so... Yeah. Well, I, I played it today. I didn't like. I didn't like it. As a kid, as a kid, I loved it. So I, I got a I got a soft spot in my heart for this. So. There you go. But yeah. I do love Phoenix, and this last level is my favorite by far, where you try to yeah. get through those shields and get to the guy. So wrap this up, Tim. Come Dwarf. on, buddy. Okay. Come on, buddy. Bring so it home, Tim. One for me is one of my favorite GameCube games. Is Super Monkey Ball. Um, no idea how you're going to pull this one off. Let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's got all the different games in it, hasn't it? So it, the, the, you've got the main game there, which is obviously um, you've got uh, the the monkey in the ball. Um, you've got the platforms. The platforms move um, rather than the ball. Um, and then you sort of like you've got to complete each level and try and avoid going off the edge of the uh, the course. Then okay. you've got all the party games and the mini games. Um so I've never played got, this, so I got to see what you're talking about. So in there, you've got um, uh, so apart from the main game, you've got yep. monkey fight, monkey target, monkey race, um, and those are um, sort of like party games. Um, so monkey fight is a it can be a f- up to four player game. Um, it, you know, normally it's obviously better played, uh, at least with two players. Um, and you, you're essentially, you're in, in the ring, um, and all four players sort of like go at it into the middle. The idea is, is to knock the other players off. So it's like a last man standing type of game. Um, but you get extra, extra pickups along the way, sort of like, so you get like a big, massive cartoony style 
uh, boxing glove, which is on sort of like an extendable thing. So when you press the fire button, it pings out and you you give the, uh, the other player a massive, massive hit. So knocks them off. Um, so that's monkey fight monkey target, which is like, for me, something that I play more than actually the main game on monkey, monkey ball, um, monkey target is absolutely brilliant. Um, it's kind of like you start off, you're on the top of a big ramp. So it's like a ski jump. So you, you, uh, go straight down off of the ramp. You, you come back up again into the air and then you open, you press the fire button and it opens out the ball. So you're like turning a glider. Um, forgive me if you guys have played this or not before, but I'll, I'll explain it anyway. Um, and as you sort of like gliding down, you've got three targets in front of you that you've got to hit. Um, so you're floating across and then as you, as you try to land on that target, there's different zones, um, on each target, which give you more points. So if you get like right in the middle, um, you get like 200 points on the outer side, which is bigger, um, and easier to land on. You've got sort of like 20 or 30 points or something like that. Almost like, almost like pilot wings. Yeah. Yeah. Similar sort of thing to that. Yep. Um, and then you've got monkey race, which is essentially like a full on racing game. Um, so again, four player racing game around tracks. Um, the idea is, is obviously to win the race, but along the way you can knock each other off the tracks, pick up, um, uh, turbos and things like that so like a mario kart or whatever you want to do um and then there's more games in it as well so you've also got like mini games so there's monkey billiards monkey bowling and monkey golf um so to me uh, why does it not fit the brief i got you i think it does i I think it fits the the brief if you as you put it in the same way that Cobra Triangle does, where yeah. the actual physics and the gameplay itself never change, but by changing the goal, the game is played completely differently. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I think that's fair. And yeah. I have played that parachute one, whatever you call it. I've played yeah, that target mon- one. Mon- monkey targets. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I've I got to admit, this, this, that one I put hours into um, when I was sort of like um, in between situations. I had my own place. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, we we had a game. We had a, a bought an original GameCube, and we just sat playing Monkey Target for hours. We just had some amazing competitions on it, and um, <laughs> she she just got one of this luckiest little flukes. So right out on uh, out to sort of like in the ocean, as it were, because it's sort of like based around the ocean. Um, there's just like one little target. And it's like 500 points or something ridiculous like that. But it's just almost impossible even just to hit that target. And one day we played it so much that she actually nailed it and she landed on that target. And to that point, I just completely sulked and lost my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And you found a different score. There was no way I was ever going to do that and beat that score. And it was like... You you just nailed that complete. How I, she did that, I just do not know to this day. Um, but yeah, I, I just lost my stuff over that. <laughs> but that's yeah, funny. I mean, Super Monkey Ball has great memories for me, and that's probably why I've chose it. And yeah, so it. But it, but like I say, it's it's got the multiple game element for me. I agree. So I think the only one that. I guess they all kind of counted. We all kind of give them all passes. All right. Yep. All right. All right. I, I think they all fit in a, in their own unique way. Honestly, I think I had the worst choice, but we'll we'll move <laughs> on from that. It's it's open to interpretation, isn't it? I guess. Sure. In, in well, it's, it's such a wide brief, and there's a lot of, a lot of games which could could fit into there. 
Yeah, I mean, what does the word good actually mean? You know, right? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Cool, guys. Cool. Well, that wraps up uh, episode 57 of Pixel Guide In. Cool. Um, And we'll off the air if I have to figure out what we're going to do for next month. Yeah. Okay. I gotta get to bed. Yeah, we always say that. It's getting late. Uh, (laughs) Tim, you may not know, but... uh, Actually, I think you did mention that, but yeah, Eric pounded a coffee before this. So. I did. The first you time I, I drank a coffee late in the day, and I, I think it worked a little. I felt the extra energy tonight, yeah. Eric. That was uh, good. I'm that was good. Awake. You kind of you gave yourself an upper before four downers. That's right. In those beers. Yep. So exactly. you got there. You got there. Cool. All right, gentlemen. Well, without further ado, I think we need to say goodbye to the good people and say, It's, it's dangerous, dangerous to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>